Hey, don't whip it out. That, that YouTube might not like if you whip it out. Oh, well, you know. I mean, <laughs> every now and then you got to whip it out. Man. Someone let me yeah, know yeah. if we're feeding through. If we're feeding through out there, people let us know. Let's see. I'm waiting for someone to give me confirmation. I don't see anyone. It looks, I think we're live. I think we're live. All right, let's do it. We are live. Do you want to do a knife jazz hands? Ghost, come on. There you go. Throwing up, throwing up mm -hmm. knives. We are live. I hope you got your big girl Friday panties on tonight because we're live. This is episode 490 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Our special guest. There he goes. Ghost Tactical. It's, it's crazy. We uh, we had Clover yesterday, right? Was that Clover yesterday? Yeah. Clover. Well, you had Clover a couple of days ago, and you had Mike last night, and then me tonight. So, yeah, go figure. Oh, Mike. I think Clover was Wednesday, and then Mike Woodland was last night, wasn't he? Okay, I know Mike was, yeah, Mike was last night. Who else was on with Mike last night? Oh, Trey. Yeah, the other, that's the oh, other Trey. Trey. Yeah, Trey yeah, that's was. The other Trey. Yeah, that's See, right. I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. I don't even know anymore. I thought that was yesterday that Clover was on. I got to have you guys always, on at the same time. <laughs> well, you can't always depend on your looks, man. I'm just saying. You know, well, that mind's got to still work. <laughs> those went a long time ago, my friend. Those went a long time ago. All right, we got those tactical. Walter's going to be coming in. The show's brought to you by Safety Harbor Firearms. We should get Walter in here probably late. He's running late. We're going to have to dock him. We're going to have to dock him. What else can I say? Um, if you guys are out there, oh, let me drop the open. Let me see. I mean, I'm forgetting everything. I don't Welcome know how, back I don't to know the Hank Spring up in that. situation. Lifestyle Make sure you guys subscribe, thumbs movie. up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we post. As I said, the show's brought to you by Safety Harbor Firearms. They make stocks. They make an upper that goes on an AR lower, makes it into a 50 BMG. You know, Walter might have something cool to show you guys. He's been working on it. If you follow him on social media, you probably already uh, know about it. It answers that question that everyone asks about guns, Ghost. Does it use Glock magazines? You know, that, that it's one of those things where there's so many Glock haters out there. <laughs> but that's true. There's so many haters out there of Glock. Mm -hmm. But half the, half the stuff out here runs on Glock mags. So, yeah figure go figure you know yeah yeah walter's trying to answer that question for you um but like i said we got we got trey ghost tactical here we will uh you know we'll get into stuff while we're here waiting on walter to show up here late uh shout out to everyone who's out there i don't know if you see any of your folks out there but shout out to everyone i don't know if i need to give special shout outs or if you want to man if you see any of your your peeps out there Oh, some of the crews out there, gun snobs out there, um, flying ridges out there. The gun snob is going to be going to shop for his first time this year. So oh, uh, uh, but, uh, looking forward to breaking that cherry a little bit. Yeah, you know? newbie. What's the what 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 are you supposed to do to someone that is their first time going to shot you shows? Know, there's, a part, there's a part of me that says, you know, to like give him like the worst thing you could possibly do it, have him going in frightened and holy shit and all that. Oh, okay. But I, you know, a lot of us have been helping. It was about 13 of us that kind of hang out over at gun channels that, um, you know, we got three newbies this year. So we've been trying to have long discussions on what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. They'll be mm -hmm. fine. He's been to NRAM. He's been to Wanamaker. You know, it's, it's not going to be to the scale that he's going to see it in Vegas. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. They'll all do fine. But yeah, mm -hmm. I like messing with him a little bit. Yeah. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. Tell him to walk yeah. over to Bellagio for lunch, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's interesting. Like, I don't know how long you've been going. This is like my seventh my year. Third. third? Okay. 
Yeah, this is like my seventh I'm year. New, I think. I'm still a newbie, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you when you see a new guy and you see that look in his eye of amazement, you know, and naivete, <laughs> you know, you're like that yeah. poor bastard. His heart is about to be broken right now. <laughs> well, and you know, and I see these guys, and I and I love snob and all that, but he's he's getting a bunch of cameras on his rig, and oh no, so, you know, just just be just be as as yeah. easy as a cell phone and a microphone, you know, just. You're gonna you're gonna hate yourself by Thursday afternoon. Your back's gonna be killing you. Your feet are gonna be dead. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is have this rig with 17 cameras on there. But you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. Wait, we'll see he, how long does he does lasts. he seriously have a rig with a bunch of cameras on it? Yeah, it, it's not a lot, but he's got a cage. Like I've got a cage, but I've got a cage for my DSLR and mm-hmm. like a light. Mm-hmm. But he's got a DSLR. He's got an external mic. He's got a light. He's got two GoPros, mm. a battery. Wow, you know, capturing everything. Yeah. But oh my god, you know. Yeah. By the way, Clover Tax out there, shout out to him. Um, what up? Wolf? You know what? See That's you know? like when you get your first kids, right? When you first get your kids, you take all these pictures. You're like, oh, this is so cute. You take, you give them their first bath. You think that's amazing. And then eventually you're like, man, these bastards, when are they going to grow up and move the hell out <laughs> of the house? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest day of my life is the day my, my daughter left for college. I shouldn't say that probably. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they never really leave nowadays, man. No, it's not no. like that. She's still got her bedroom here and she got a half her clothes yeah. here. She comes up on weekends a lot of times so it's all good yeah one of my kids once both of mine are in college one is going locally and the other one went away and he always comes back to check his room yeah oh yeah check it yeah just make sure <laughs> make yeah. sure it's not a new studio for you or something <laughs> yeah exactly you know i didn't move a bunch of safes into there you know i keep telling lola that's a perfect lola's like i don't want any more safes over here so that would be a perfect place just start putting safes in the kids rooms you know I would. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? you yeah, know? why not? You know, one, the one that's staying more. there, his room is so messy, man. There is no space to put. You know, there is no well, space. Well, the good to put thing is, is if you can find a place to put in there with his mess, if someone does come to the house, they'd never see the safe. I mean, well, they would just be covered yeah. up. So maybe. Also, <laughs> I don't want my guns to smell like his, uh, like his room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, that. I've got one daughter. She's twenty-two. So uh, yeah. 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 Um, she's not the cleanest person out there. Either, so. <laughs> also, another thing that kids I don't, don't know about. Now is, oh, I didn't have choices, man. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't have choices on that growing up with, with my oh, mother. Oh well, man. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all messy. I mean, it wasn't like a disaster zone, but you know, I, I was only home probably in high school to come home and eat and sleep. I was either at some sort of a practice or hanging out. Or whatever, I'd come home around like eight or nine at night, so mm-hmm. I wasn't spending a whole lot of time in my room. So it wasn't a disaster area, but I was by no means was I clean. I didn't learn how to clean until I joined the Marine Corps. Then oh. you learn how to clean quickly. Oh. oh, okay. So my mother knew this thing called uh, beatings and lashes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of that. <laughs> Did you have to choose what you're gonna get beat with? Uh, no, it, what, basically whatever she could get her hands on and most immediately, you know, slippers, a belt, you know, rolling pins, Pot cleaner, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever was nearby. So basically she did that, man. And I, there's been times when my, my – go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I said my wife has chased me with a vacuum cleaner, but that's a whole different oh, story. Yeah, listen, whatever you guys get up to, man, that's not our business. <laughs> you know, what you do with your what you do with your household appliances. <laughs> no, I can remember my it mom. Wasn't, it wasn't mom. a good thing. It yeah, wasn't a good thing. I remember I forgot where we were living, but I I think we were living like in England or something, and we had this apartment that it was not easy for some like we didn't have access to a shower. But we were on the ground floor, so my mom would put us out like the kitchen doors, like a concrete thing there, and she had a hose, and she would just put us out there with a bar of soap and hose us all down, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, no mercy. Yeah, Snob, and now this does hurt. Uh, Snob mm. says that he had a mom that liked uh, plastic hangers. Oh. Those were bad. Um, those, those, those could get you. I mean, yeah. I have been spotted before. I just, that's yeah. why I stayed home a lot, away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a I was a pretty yeah. bad kid. The I had thick, a, had a, the thick plastic hangers. Yeah, oh my God. I know, I know yeah. about those. <laughs> I've had a couple of those broken on me <laughs> in the past. Yeah, see, we don't do that anymore. You know, we're all nice to our kids. Well, hell, you'll, you'll get thrown in jail, or the kids will get taken from you because someone's going <laughs> to videotape it. You know, yeah. Or even I think like just our generation, we have spoiled our kids, yeah. man. You know. We have really, you know, we've really spoiled our kids. Like my parents, they didn't know where we were, man. They did not know. Yeah. We we came yeah. home from school, we'd be hanging out with friends doing there was no cell phones, no you know, they weren't tracking you, calling you up, hey, where are you? At some time at night they probably do a head count. Oh, most of the kids are back here. Well, okay, whatever. We'll see. Maybe that one'll wander into like parents back in the days really didn't give that much of a crap what happened to their kids. You know. Well, they're us, also completely what, different. I mean, I don't know. There probably was just as much to get in trouble with. It just wasn't as prevalent because of cell phones and all that. But mm-hmm. like my only thing is, is my parents always told me they didn't care, you know, um, if I wasn't coming home that night. They just wanted to call, you know, around mm-hmm. before 10 o'clock saying, hey, I'm staying over at Sally's so, so house. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. It was, it was completely. Check your six says Hot Wheels racetrack was the worst. Oh, boy. I saw that. I didn't know. I mean, that sounds. Kind of, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> at what point? At what point does it get to child abuse? I don't know. I, you know, know. I want to know what it takes to piss off someone so bad that they go after the Hot Wheels track. Because yeah, people don't realize how long it took to put Hot Wheels tracks together, first of all. Yeah. I remember, so so when we went to England, we were all, I, we were kids, right, when we went to England. But I remember going there and finding out on the news that kids had some kind of rights or something. And your parents weren't supposed to beat you. So Really? Yeah, I remember this. And, and I would tell my mother, you can't, you can't beat us. My mother would still beat us in public. She's like, I hope they come and take you. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. place the phone call myself. <laughs> yeah, they can have you. They can have you if they want to. So I don't know, man. This completely, completely different times that our kids grew up in, you know, I'm still I'm still paying for my kids' uh, cell phones. Same here. I'm paying for her cell phone, yeah. her uh, car insurance. Yep. Uh, yep. Buying mm, clothing. Yeah. They don't do it. Clothing, sure. This is ridiculous, man. We need to go back to the yeah, olden she, days. Uh, she works. Uh, she goes to school Monday through um, Friday, obviously. And then she works as a nurse at a hospital Saturday and Sunday. So she's making money. She's paying her own rent, which I guess is great. But yeah, I got. I guess I have everything else, you know. Yeah, my younger son has a job, but that's his money. 
So yeah, far, that's so kind of what she is. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I don't. My first job, I got like around thirteen years old. I I didn't have a bank account or anything. My mother would take all those checks. You know, I I, I, I can't remember. I remember when I was sixteen. I guess I was fifteen when I got my first job, and I was bagging groceries and. I didn't have I didn't have a bank account until uh, my senior year in high school. So that's what two or three years that I was working. Mm-hmm. So all of it went in. Now they said, you know, well we'll keep track of it. But hell, who keeps track of? Oh no, you know? no. My mother just told me you owe me this money. You owe me lots more. <laughs> so you owed rent. <laughs> I remember I had a friend. I remember like this went on for years, and I was working in this country club. You know, we we're living in New York by the time by this time, and I had a friend that like when I told him this. He felt so sorry for me. He took me to the bank, helped me op- open up a bank account and everything. <laughs> you know, helped so me put my no first secret from your mom. Yeah, he was like, "What are you talking about, man? This is ridiculous. This is impossible. This can't be happening." So that's how I actually wound up getting my, you know, my parents. But remember, man, I come, you know, where my parents grew up and where I was born is like a socialist yeah. slash communist country. So. Right. You know, and I think I think lots of parents were like that back in the days anyway. So. So what did you do? Did you when you started your own bank account, did you like put half of it in yours and tell your mom, no, oh, I, no. I, I didn't get paid as much or you just put it all in yours? No, I just did. No, I did. Yeah, I put all my money in there and then I spent it. So she, when that cash, she, when that check cleared, I spent it. She was mad. Is that when, is that when she went after you with the plastic clothes hangers? Is uh, when you start no, your own money? No. No, she was mad. At that by that time I was a little bigger, you know, and plus she had to catch me. At that age, I would just like stay out of the house, come back real late or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think uh, I graduated high school at 16, but I moved out when I was 18. So, gotcha. I remember like my mom tried to something happened that was really horrible that I did. Basically, I was like doing something with a girl that I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You can just imagine yeah. what that was. And oh, yeah. uh, yeah, so my mom got really mad, and she went to hit me with the belt, and I just, like, caught the belt, and I was like, <laughs> my mother's, my mother, she's she's not with us anymore, but my mom, I mean, you know, she passed last year, but my mom was like a little Indian chick, you know, yeah. so at this time, I was, like, taller and all that. I just caught the belt. I was like, what you going to do with this belt, <laughs> you yeah, know? You're going to get a stronger belt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I realized to myself, I was like, what am I doing here? I got to move out, so. That's how I wound up like moving out on my own at 18 and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, my kids way past that age, they're never planning on moving out. You know, I think that my daughter, I think that she'll keep her. So we have a, a basement downstairs mm-hmm. and it's about, I don't know, six, seven hundred square foot basement. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a bedroom, and a living room, bathroom. We kind of separated into actual kind of like an apartment. So that's where she is. And I've, I've been waiting for her to, like, move out because that would be a great studio for me. I oh, mean, hell it'd yeah. It would be yeah. perfect. Yeah. And uh, But no, no, no. She's even said that when, even when she's gone, she's keeping the apartment. So when she does come home, she has a place. I'm like, well, I'll give you a guest room. <laughs> but I'm not going to yeah. give you the apartment downstairs, yeah. you know. Oh, no. She said even when she's 40, she's going to have the apartment down there. So Yeah. This anyway. is what is wrong with this generation, man. <laughs> This is, this is what's wrong with this generation. We as parents are too responsible. We take care of our kids too much. We need to chase them out of the house. You know, we need to fight more with our spouses or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> something. We're definitely, so, we're definitely a lot softer than our parents were. Yeah. You know. We are just too weak now. Yeah. I, and then people yeah, I are like, remember, go ahead. I remember my dad was, you know, uh, my dad was big dude. You know, he still is, but, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's 6'1". Well, he was 6'1", about 200 pounds. Pretty big dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not, I'm, you know, you've. I'm not that big of a guy. I can fit in your little bitty pocket there. Uh, but, who's uh, who's? Uh, I was thinking about this actually the other day. I'm taller than Clover, by the way. Oh, okay, how'd you know what I was <laughs> thinking? <laughs> Good solid two inches taller than that <laughs> bastard. Hey, he has to repel out of his pickup truck. I can jump. I'm oh, good. he doesn't have like a little <laughs> ladder that he he gets. Oh no, he repels. No, he's he's got the cooler thing. He can repel out of his truck, but you know, I don't. I, I get to jump, but no. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. But my dad, my dad, he told me when I came home from boot camp he finally looked at me and he says you know i guess i probably can't whip your ass anymore and i said well you can try you know but mm-hmm. it took you know i was 19 came out of boot camp for the marine corps before my dad just kind of said you know what it's you're yeah. you're a man now you know yeah. so that's what it took for me and um yeah yeah we tried to never tried again what made you go off to the marines man i don't think we ever i know we've talked about you oh, being man. being a marine but what made you uh, go off to the marines all right, you want the honest opinion? Yeah, it had, and I and I, I'm a, I'm I am a very pro America, pro military now. Back then I was not. I didn't give a shit about uh, America and all that. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. care as much. Mm-hmm. I was 18, 19 years old, and be honestly, I, I I partied way too much in college, mm-hmm. um, and I had several friends die of ODs, mm-hmm. and I knew if I kept going down that road, mm-hmm. then I probably would be there as well. Wow. And so I, I figured I had to do something to stop that trend. And I figured military and my weird ass way of thinking, I figure if, if I'm going to, that's go, how you do. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let, yeah, me, let me understand the logic. Yeah. You were like, Oh, um, my friends are partying too much. If I keep partying, I might die. Oh, let me go in the military. I, I did. I mean, like uh-huh. I said, I had several friends die. In uh-huh. about a six, uh, eight month span. Oh, wow. Six friends died in wow. eight month span. Wow. Six. And there was some bad stuff. Six and eight months. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Wow. And like I said, we were we were doing just being stupid. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyways, um, so I figured I needed to do something. I needed to get out of there. I needed to do something to get my life somewhat. I didn't care about school at the time. I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. So I went down to the recruiting office and I was like, well, military. Hmm, that'd be interesting. And honestly, my warped mind and sense of humor said, if I'm going to do this, then let's go the hardest way possible just to see how it goes. So I joined the Marines and the rest, they say, is is uh, history. So yeah. OK, how long did you stay? In I, don't, I don't have this glorified story, <laughs> of, you know, sense of duty and sense of all that. No, no, I was trying to save a life, my own. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how you get there, man. You got there, you know. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you in the Marines? Uh, a little over four years. Four years. Four years. Okay. Did you see combat? Uh, I was over in Somalia. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Went over there in January of '95. So wow. yeah, I was in Somalia. How was that? Uh, not fun for a 19 year old. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. We were flying over there, and I'm 19 years old. I had literally been. I got to my first unit out of schooling and all that in November of '94. Mm-hmm. And in January of 95, we're heading over. So I'd been with my real unit for two months. I am talking about a newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You're flying over there and you've got your your lieutenants and captains and staff NCOs and NCOs telling this brand new kid that, you know, what was interesting for me is 
is he said, you know, we're going to a place where they use women and children as shields, mm -hmm. you know, and they have no regard for any life. When we were there, not to get into the whole operational stuff, but um, there was a obviously Somalia is run by a bunch of tribal leaders that control mm -hmm. the food and all that. You control the food, you control the people. We were there to try to help that situation out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you're going, there's a 19 year old thinking, holy shit, you know, how is this going to be? And, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what you train, you know, it, it doesn't prepare you. And, and anyone that tells you that they're not scared um, are either lying or they have zero conscience whatsoever in their body. I was scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. Um, mm -hmm. that, that is not a fun time. That is, you know, when you're thinking about our more morality and our ethics tell us not to shoot a child, Mm -hmm. There's 12 year olds over there with AKs mm -hmm. that if you don't shoot, not only do I die, but six of my brothers behind me probably die. So that was a different, interesting thing. Luckily, I never had to take a life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah, it was it's tough, man. It's tough. And then you probably got like, a, a, you know, at 19, you got this massive wake up call to what the world the rest of the world looks like versus America. Not to say that there aren't, you know, there's people living in personal hells. In America, I think, right? But in general, we've got it pretty good over here. Yeah, and, and I tell people all the time, man, that, uh, you know, a lot of people, not just within our community, just in general, a lot of people in America, they, they bitch and moan about this, that, and the other. I'm like, you have zero idea. Like, the worst conditions that you can think of in your mind of living conditions is better than a lot of stuff that people are living over there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's people have no idea the sense of reality, how good that Americans have it, even at the probably lowest income mm -hmm. side of Americans are wealthy in some places. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's some horrible things going on here. You sure, know, the, sure. you know, there's people who grew up really like we're, we're complaining a little bit about how we grew up. I would not exchange how I grew up for anyone else's life, to be honest with no. you, even though no. there were parts of it that were really tough. And I think maybe that made me like stronger or able to survive things. Um, but, yeah, there, you know, there's definitely people who are living bad lives right here in America. But most of us in general, the rights and you know, the uh, comforts and things like that we enjoy, even like you said, even when you're, uh, you know, at the bottom of the the, the ladder, you know. Yeah. And I grew amazing. up in Dallas and suburbia Dallas and Plano, Texas, and, mm -hmm. you know, had a nice house and a nice family and all that. And when I remember growing up thinking, well, this is bullshit, you know, this, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you're just like, and I look, you know, three years later, I'm like, what was I thinking? So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that going through certain places, being in certain places and being able to experience uh, something outside your comfort zone, it makes one, like you said, it makes you grow up, but it really doesn't make you appreciate how good that uh, we have it here in, in general. Yes, or politics and different things will come up, but in general, we've got a, a pretty good lifestyle here in America or have the opportunity to have whatever lifestyle we want. That's the great thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we continue that, man. I don't know. You know, that's that's the thing about like the massive difference. I'm always having this conversation with Lola. Like I think us growing up tougher, you know, in different times when we didn't have as much technology and things and all that. Right. Um, it, it made us stronger. 
in lots of ways versus our kids. Even sometimes when I look at the level of anxiety that kids have nowadays, you know, even when they get into like uh, their 20s or close to 30s even, people have so much anxiety from small things that for me, those things don't even make me blink, you know? I don't, I don't stress those things at all just because of how I grew up. And, and I think like, wow, it's, are we getting weaker? Is this going to make things worse? Is it going to make it better? You know, it's, it's interesting yeah. to see what the world's going to look like in 20 years from now. You know, and, and I think that um, people don't understand uh, sometimes that there's so and, I, and I'm very the, 20, the 2020 election is incredibly important for a lot of different reasons. But what people do also don't understand is it's very cyclical. I remember, you know, the Reagan era was 12 years with two two terms of Reagan and one of Bush. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you had Clinton for eight years. Then you had Bush for eight years. Then you had Obama for eight, eight years. It's cyclical. People get tired of what's been going on. So they're going to go with the other side for eight years. And they sit there and say, well, I don't like this either. They go back. So there's a lot of flip-flop. Yeah. Oh, that, well, the pendulum, the pendulum just swings oh, back crazy. and forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in, You know what? It's interesting. And sometimes the things that we look at as we go into it that we think, wow, this is horrible, you know, that's where strength comes out of it. So, for example, in the gun world, you know, on that those eight terrible years under Obama, we were all like united, fighting every single little thing that came out with like no way in hell. Everybody was out there voting, you know, right. uh, protesting and all that kind of stuff. And then these uh, we haven't had four years. What are we like three years in with Trump? Everybody's asleep, man. Everyone's taking it easy. It's like, oh, yeah, everything's good. Well, I think that the problem that we have in as a community and as an industry and a culture, you know, and you and I have talked about this and everyone talks about this is the empathy. Um, you know, they don't care because we've got, you know, when when Trump was elected, we had a Republican, quote unquote, a Republican president in the White House, mm-hmm. a Republican Senate and a Republican Congress. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're safe for a while. We're good. Obama stuff isn't going to come through. His 23 executive orders are gone. You know, it is what it is. But we didn't take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. We had two years before the midterm elections. We should have been pushing reciprocity, the Hearing Protection Act. We should have gotten rid of the NFA in those two years that we knew we had complete control. Right. But yet, not only did we as citizens kind of give up, it seemingly looks like that the Republican Party forgot what they were you know, being elected on, and they were worried too much about one or two things instead of the whole big picture. We could have slammed national reciprocity, and we could have slammed the Hearing Protection Act down their throats, and they couldn't have done a thing about it. Do you really think no- do you really think that the Repu- on the republic the politician side do you really mm-hmm. think they gave up or they never intended on doing that in the first place? That's a great question. I think that there was I think that there was some of them that had every intention of doing it. It, it was important to them. I think when you talk about the entire political party strategy, the Republican Party strategy mm-hmm. coming from the Republican National Committee I think they were probably shut down. Yeah. I think there was a mixture of both. I think there was a sect on them like, hell yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then they just ran into, even on their own side, going, we got more important things. We got to build that wall. We got to do whatever it was. 
there were more important things for the national party than it was for this particular bill. I mean, I would like to think about what they what they actually did, because to me, the truth is, I remember, I think on, in the, on the gun side, in the gun world, we were all excited about um, getting suppressors out of the NFA, you know, getting res- national reciprocity, all the things that you mentioned, we were all excited about it. We were all in. But every time we actually talked to these politicians, they would just keep saying, you know what, why don't you just wait until after the midterms? So basically, in their mind, th- uh, three years ago, yes, you got Trump. You, they had a, a supermajority, right? Uh, the House and the Senate, they had it. And in their mind, they were planning like midterms, midterm uh, elections, right? The next year, the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. The problem they found is had they gone ahead with national reciprocity or the Hearing Protection Act, there's a good chance that some of those Republicans that lost to Democrats would probably still be in office had they actually done some yeah. of that stuff. But it's kind of like a strategy. It's there to me, it's their strategy of saying, listen, see, if they give us what we want, then they can't put that thing on us saying, hey, if you don't vote for me, then you're going to get all these liberals, these Democrats in here, and they're going to take your guns. So you got to vote for me no matter what. I think ultimately yeah. it's just all about them. And I don't think they ever actually planned on giving us those things. To be honest with you, we didn't get anything. We didn't get rid of we didn't get rid of Obamacare, none of that. Away from us, I mean, yeah. not not that I personally give a shit about bump stocks, mm-hmm. but it's what the bump stocks signify. Not only do we not gain anything, we actually got things taken from us from the directive of a Republican, once again, Republican president, president. Yeah. directing yeah. that. I mean, that that, that just and, well, it's, it's, I, I don't think uh, it was just the president. I think he took the heat. But no, none of our representatives got mad and got out there and like, hell no, you can't do this. You can't make an executive order about this. So ultimately, to me, here's what I really believe. And, and I, uh, I'm registered as a Republican, right? Um, so, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think those guys – I don't really believe those guys are on our side. I'm a constitutionalist. I mean, I, I really – I'm not I'm not a big – if I had to – I think I am registered as a Republican, but I really don't like, you know – I'm looking, this is going to sound crazy, okay? Go with mm-hmm. me for a second. I'm looking for our Kennedy. Not saying the, the Democrat Catholic from the Northeast. I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm looking for someone from our generation that's going to rally the entire country, you know, with one goal, one purpose together, regardless of party. People forget, you know, I don't want Democrats or Republicans. I don't care if you're a libertarian. I'm a I'm true to the Constitution. You can call me a constitutionalist if you want. I really don't know what I am. I, I believe truly in the Constitution. I believe the framework that our founding fathers believed in is still can be strong today. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting for someone to sit there and say, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an American, damn it. And that's who I'm looking for. I don't think we're going to get that. It's too yeah, much money. I would say we're never going to get that. The, our, the, uh, the window of opportunity and time has passed. It's all partners, uh, partisanship from here out. That's that's what I think we're going to get, man. I don't think we're ever going to get that person that's going to be in the middle, a libertarian, and say, listen, we believe I believe in the Constitution, and that's how we're going to do things. I don't really re- – we might get someone pretending to be that, you know, yeah. just ultimately to get in the White House. But I don't think – I don't really believe that we're going to get that, and I think we need to – we're going to pay for that and suffer until people wake up and realize how really, really important all these things are. Yeah. I got a couple of questions for you, if you yes, don't mind. Yes, absolutely. Hit me in the hot seat. Okay. Hit, What's up? In the hot seat. All right. So 
This year, seemingly, it looks like that it could be Trump versus Bloomberg, right? Two billionaires going at it for the presidency. Let's just assume it's Trump and, and Bloomberg. Okay. okay. First question, the first question is this. Is this the year that finally a third-party candidate actually has a chance? And two, if not, will a third-party candidate ever have a chance? I'm going to say the answer to both is no. <laughs> I don't think a third-party candidate is ever going to have a chance. And um, and I think let's say we get uh, Bloomberg. I don't really believe we are. But in your uh, um, in what you're saying, in your scenario, if it's Trump yeah. or Bloomberg, um, even there's a lot of things about Trump I'm not happy with. I'm going to have to go sure. that direction. You know, at this point right now, if you were like, hey, you have to make your decision on who you're going to vote for right now. Even though Trump, to me, has done some, um, you know, some very anti-Second Amendment things, there's no one else that I see out there, not in the Libertarian Party, not definitely not in the Democratic Party, that I see that really gives a, a damn about any of that stuff. And I'm not saying it's going to make it better for us as, uh, as gun guys, but I think the only thing that works for us is the chaos that we have right now, kind of like the anarchy that's going on and the stalemate that's happening and I would rather uh, stop losing things even if you know from now on nothing happens in Congress right yep no I, I agree with you I, I don't think that there will probably ever at least in my lifetime be a third party it's just way too much money too much power in the Republican and Democrat parties uh, they, they control way too much of the airtime they control way too much of the agenda and the narrative out there so I don't think there ever will be the problem that I have is, um, you know, you hear about like Maj, and mm -hmm. Maj will talk about the Libertarian Party being even a little bit corrupt at the top in leadership of the Libertarian Party. So, mm -hmm. you know, even even at a small scale, Libertarian Party is getting to big enough where there's corruption and they're maybe going against their initial yeah. ideals. You, you know so what it is? You know what it is, man? I hate, I hate groups. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I hate Absolutely. groups. I was like that in high school. I didn't want to be in the jocks or the nerds or, you know, the this thing or the that thing. I hate groups. And I think one of the big reasons for that is that the groups always become corrupt. You know, so right now we have a two party system. We have Democrats and Republicans. Same thing to me, just people out there just trying to get more power for themselves and other people. And even amongst. So let's say we go to third party. Uh, what would be the biggest third party? Probably Libertarian Party. Libertarian, maybe the is the Tea Party even still around? I mean, I think that a lot of the Tea Party got absorbed into the Republican Party. Maybe the real yeah. like hardliners are going to come back out. Um, it's yeah. it, I, at first I thought it would be a good thing, but I see in the end it's a terrible thing that um, that happened with with the Tea Party. So yeah, this is basically, you know, and even amongst those things, because there's money coming in there, comes along corruption. So for us as gun guys, who 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 do we rely on all this time? Ghost, who do we rely on all this time uh, as gun we guys? We rely on ourselves. No, honestly. but but we, we but we relied on the NRA, right? You know, oh, oh, yeah. like, is, is it, as, in okay. groups, That's when we're talking about groups, right? We oh, we were all oh, yes. we were all in that group. We all counted no, ourselves all were, in that. We all group. were probably to a certain extent. I was never a huge NRA guy. I don't think you were a true blood. You know, NRA is going to be our savior, but mm -hmm. we we all expected the NRA to be there when we needed them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, um, but, you know, we could all see it. Even when I started doing this seven years ago, I could see that there was, hey, there's a lot of money going into the NRA because we were putting money in. Um, the industry was putting money into the NRA, and that just moved them further away from us. Well, that's exactly what happens uh, with the Republican Party. The Democratic Party is what happens with unions. <laughs> Yeah. It happens with any organization and any group, you know, they, they, they get popular, they get big enough that there's money comes into play and people are just thinking about flying around on jets and, and driving around in limos and going to the nice dinners and putting on the nice suits and hobnobbing and rubbing shoulders or whatever the hell that is and not really fighting. So to me, I, and, and it, I'm not happy about it, but at some point, one of two things is going to happen. I don't think there's any third choices here, but either we're just going to become compromised and slowly put ourselves into like a zombie state of sleep, okay, and just sure. let this stuff keep happening to us and pretend that it's not, or we're going to fail and everything's going to burn down and there's going to come some massive conflict out of that and who knows, things more than likely will get worse after that. You know, there is a part of me that doesn't think that there'll ever be another civil war because we have to learn from our, our history, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think that there there could be a political civil war, not seceding from the union or anything like that, but a political party war where um, you might have the Democratic Republicans, you know, 20 years from now, they still might be there, but they might be like the third parties at that point. There might be a rise of of the moderates or whatever you want to call it, the libertarians or whatever a group rising up and saying you know we'll be able to draw from the moderates from both sides and we create this push up the middle and push them out there's no saying that that could ever happen the problem you're going to have to have is there's going to have to be someone or a, a corporation or a multitude of people with big pockets to support that movement mm -hmm. because right now the money's going left or right. It's yeah. not going to the middle. But I would imagine, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I Fiscally, I'm very conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very true to the Constitution. But social agenda, I'm pretty liberal. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably like the true, like, moderate. I take my, my social, uh, my, not my socialist side, but my, my social agenda, you know, from from maybe more more liberal, where I'm conservative from the fiscal side. I don't of think you're different from most Americans, though. Most people are. Yeah, yeah I think, I think yeah. most people are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know, um, as, well, let's put it this way: when you start, uh, when you have to work to make money, and when you have to pay taxes, then you you get like what you just described, right? You know, but all of us, we want to help people. None of us want to see people living in the streets. None of us want to see people suffering. You know, not only in America, we don't like it when we look around the world and we see people suffering, right? This is why we've always had this conflict in America of, wait, should we be policing the world? Oh, maybe someone should help, right? Because no one else in the world really seems like this is how America's like been shouldering this burden of basically policing the rest of the planet, right? So I think most yeah. of us, they when, when they look at it, Americans voluntarily give more money than anywhere else to charities around the world. Awesome. Americans go all over the world and help people and build things and do things for people and rescue people and fight and die for people. You know, so I think most of us feel that way. But 
most of us don't run these things. These, you know, a lot of these things are run by very few people. Well, and you're talking about as far as policing the world, you know, there's a lot of people sit there and say we should worry about here first. And I think that Trump is trying to worry about problems here. But I will say this. We're fighting a war over in the Middle East that we'll never win. Let's be honest about that. Mm -hmm. You're fighting people that don't care if they die. And when they do, they're going to take hundreds, if not thousands, with them. Mm -hmm. They don't care if they die. So we're not going to be able to defeat that enemy. Now, what we are trying to do is help them see the light of a better way of life. But here's the thing. Do they want that way of life? And the answer is I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think that people do, but the government doesn't want to give the stronghold, you know. Uh, you know what? I think I, I would have a different answer to that from living okay. in other places in the world. It, yeah. I would say that most people retain their natural religion. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, like if you speak to Africans, for example, right, if they, if they would actually tell you the truth, you know, they might be Christian, but they retain their natural religion, right? The occult, mm-hmm. juju, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Whatever it is. Yeah, they Absolutely. retain that. That's really what they. That's really what they believe in. Their superstitions. There's people over here in America that do it too. There's lots of people, and I think the problem with trying to tra- change the rest of the world is that those people will always retain that, and most of the world goes by like a, a kind of like a caste sort of system, you know, and what we're trying to push on them, they don't really believe unless they have to suffer to get out of where they are. And come over to America and not even people who do that, who are suffering, like let's say people who are in Somalia suffering, they got to leave there. They came over to America um, and they got whatever it is, amnesty and all that kind of stuff. And they're living here. Most of them don't really, truly adapt to American life. You know, most of them are still what they were when they were home or, you know, where they came from. And and that's the great thing about America is we we allow them to keep. Mm-hmm. Their way of life. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with the, that most people are going to try to keep their uh, religious beliefs, whatever they've grown up. They're not going to, you know, even if, if if we're in Iraq, we're I don't I don't think that we're trying to make them Christians. Uh, I was never I never served in Iraq, so mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't say what we're doing over there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that we're trying to make them Christians. I think we're going to we respect the Muslim community over there. I think that the democracy, the freedom is what we're trying to sell. But once again, there have been thousands of years and generations after generation after generation that have lived this way of life. And yeah. change to anybody is scary, yeah. especially when you're changing governments. Once again, you come back to the people that we're going to put in place as the, the head of the government. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be as corrupt as a previous regime. Hopefully they're not as deadly as Saddam Hussein, but they're going to be just as corrupt. So what's the point? Yeah, you know? well, I mean, so here's the thing about freedom. How can you you how can you give freedom to someone who doesn't actually one really know the definition of freedom and two they don't really want it. So let's say you even teach them you could somehow impart to that person what the definition of freedom is. What if they don't want it, man? You know? Exactly. This, my this point. is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing about the whole freedom thing. And the way to look at it is let's say someone just came in here to America and like took over somehow, right? And we woke up tomorrow and they're like, hey, this is not America anymore. This is whatever. 
that's when you will find out how many people in America actually want freedom. Because people will have to start making a decision of whether or not they're willing to die for that freedom, if they're willing to have their children die for that freedom. And what you would find out, my friend, in my opinion, you could tell me what you think. I think you would find out most people don't want freedom. It's not just people overseas. It's most human beings want to be led. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, before I answer that, I do want to give a comment out there and Sman. Mm-hmm. 7290 says we could most certainly win. We just don't want to. The Mongols sort of sell. You're right. We could go in there and drop an arsenal of bombs that would end civilization and end life in the entire region for a thousand years. Yes, you're absolutely we could. But at what point and what we I mean, that just there is no reason for that. I don't think we're trying to conquer Iraq. I don't think we're trying to conquer Saudi Arabia. We're there to control our interests in oil, let's be real, and to spread the way of life of freedom, which we think is important to spread. Now, to go back to what you were saying, 100% I agree. If you give someone a choice, and it's the blue pill or the red pill, the blue pill is going to keep everything the way it is, no matter good or bad, nothing's going to change. The red pill could give you all of this but you have to take the bad with the good. I think people are going to take the safe blue pill. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think when it comes down to whether it's freedom or whatever regime you're trying to do, when you're talking about a, a, a complete lifestyle change, a complete mindset change, people probably are a little scared to do that. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. Unfortunately, yeah. most people are sheep. I mean, I think, you know, look, it's. I wish it wasn't like that. You know, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with us that we have this crazy thing that, you know, uh, we we are willing to risk all the things we're willing to do, you know, to to fight for something. But every everyone doesn't see the world that way. Um, Look at um, look at uh, royalty as an example. Right. You know, the whole independence of America and everything from England, you know, from the from uh, the uh, royal rule from you know, we still worship the royals. Sure. We still yeah. do. We're still, we still look at it. Oh my God, what's going on with Prince Harry and Meghan or, you know, what, what, why, yeah. why are we doing that? Because ultimately most of us somewhere in our heart believe that we're just not good enough. Somebody else is better than us. They know better than us. They should lead us, you know, and we're going to follow them. Um, that's the problem that we have. Yeah, I, I think that hmm, I think that people want to be led. I, I would agree with that. The average person is, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with this. So I'm, I'm going to it's nothing wrong with it. But the average American doesn't have the time, the energy, or the fortitude to lead. Let's just be real about it. And being a leader in your community is not the same thing as being a leader on the world stage. Let's be real about that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you're right. I think people want to follow because it's safe. It doesn't put their life and their lifestyle and everything that they hold dear to themselves in jeopardy. If I stay quiet in the corner in the shadows and just kind of keep going about my day-to-day life, no one's going to mess with me. Mm -hmm. It takes a real courage. And whether you believe that Trump is a good person or not, whether or not you believe that President Trump is the right person for the office makes no difference to me. The fact that he had the courage to stand up and say, enough's enough. I'm a blithering idiot. I'm a complete asshole on on Twitter. 
but I'm here to try to do something that needs to be done. And, and let's put us first. Let's not worry about what's going on outside our borders. Let's take care of all these incredibly bad trade agreements that we have worldwide that we're paying countries trillions of dollars for no reason just to be our friends. No, no, no. Can I, I can say F word on here or no. Uh, it's up to you. <laughs> I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Go for it, man, if you're feeling it. Well, Go for it. I, I won't say it, but I'll yeah, say, you fine. know what? At uh-huh. the rest of the world, mm-hmm. if you want to be our friend, it's going to be on our terms. Yeah. We're not going to be your friend just because we're the big dog out here. You want to be friends with us? Then you're going to have to be friends with us on our terms. And I enjoy the, the, the courage that President Trump has shown to worry about our economy, to take care of some really bad trade agreements that we've had uh, around the world. Am I saying he's a, been a great president? By no means am I saying that. But it has taken a lot for him to change the way that government is working. And I don't know what he said. When he was going through the the, uh, the campaign, what does he say? For every one new executive order, let's get rid of, what, five or something like that? It was five or seven or something. I don't know if he's kept to that or not. Mm-hmm. But Obama governed this country through executive order. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why we are where we are. I, you know what? If I look at Trump, I think that uh, Trump won. He's like a New Yorker, and I could relate to yeah. that. Um, yep. I think that, I, you know, yeah, I yeah. think Trump just took a shot at something. Okay, I did too. And I let me ask, you, go uh, on, let me ask you this: Do you think he ever thought he was going to win? No, honestly, no, I don't. I, yeah, either. I yeah. think his story is a lot like the movie Brewster's Millions. If you ever saw that story, that movie. I did. I love that. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor. I think basically in order to get this money, he had to spend as much money as possible. And yeah, it was like for fifty million dollars, you've got to spend a million in like a week or something. Back yeah. then, a million dollars was a lot of money. Back yeah, then. yeah, yeah. So and then he so he finally decides he's going to run for office, not thinking he's ever going to win. But hey, this is a way I could burn this cash real fast. But and yeah. and he had this thing like, you know, vote for the other guy or something like that, right? I need to look at that movie. I've looked at it several times, but I I want to look at it again. I really think that Trump was like, you know what? These guys, these politicians, Republicans, Democrats, they all suck. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to do this. Trump was really a Democrat. You know, I remember. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. There's footage of Oprah 1988 asking Trump to uh, when is he going to run for president? She was doing that and she loved him. She thought he was awesome because he was a Democrat. That's, you know, yeah. that's the reality of that. Um, that's the reason why he was in all these movies. That's why he's in so many songs. There's so many songs that actually there's people I see now that are like embarrassed because they made songs about Trump because he was on their side. Um, he, right. he switched over and became a Republican. I'm not knocking that. I relate to that. I was a I was registered as a Democrat up until like two years ago or something like that. Um even though I haven't voted for Democrats in a long time, it's just a weird. Stu- I I just think all these parties right. suck. Um, ultimately, Trump became a Republican, ran under that. The Republican Party didn't think he was going to become president. He didn't think he was going <laughs> to become president. What happened is that the people, the real died in the wool politicians, were just so horrible. Okay, on the Republican side, (laughs) they were so bad that Trump just going out there and saying, hey, fuck it. I'm just going to say what I want to say and do do, you know, do me out there and, you know, connect to the people. That's how he got the nomination on the Republican side. And the Democratic side is so corrupt as I'm not saying 
you know, they may be a little bit more organized than Republicans, but they're so horrible and corrupt and a mafia that it was, you know, that was the deal that they made with Hillary to stop running against Obama years ago, right? Right. We got you in eight years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they had to live up, live up to it or die. So that's how we got Hillary. Literally, literally die. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yes. And, Amer and Americans looked at that, my friend. The reason why he's the yeah. president is because Americans, the not the not the media, not Hollywood, you know, not even guys like me and you. Americans looked at that and they were like, out of these two people, I'm going to take Let's this guy any day over this crazy chick. I'll tell you, you know, politically, politically, I line up as far as the Republican side of me. I lined up a little bit more with, uh, oh, what's the jackass from Texas? Um, oh, my God. His mind, his long time, from left. a long time ago? No, uh, that um, the, the thought he was going to get it four years or three years ago. Um, oh, the oh. senator, that Cruz, Ted Cruz. Okay. All right. So politically, I, I don't mind Cruz's politics. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's very pro-gun. He's all that. And, mm -hmm. But, dude, no one liked that guy. No, no one in this city, even the Republicans hated that guy. He had no chance. So Jeb Bush, he was a Bush. He was not going to win that. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio, I think, is who they wanted. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think they wanted the young Latino from Florida. That's who they wanted, and it didn't happen. I, I don't. Yeah, like, I have no issues with someone being Latino becoming president, but Marco. Yeah. For me, that when you have to look at the person, and if you look at that person, you know, you make a judgment. That's what we do as human beings. You know, it's like a right. matrix. You look at someone, you make a judgment. Marco Rubio was never going to do it, my friend. No, but I think this is what that. they were doing. Mm -hmm. The Republican National Committee was looking at the DNC saying, Hillary's going to be there. So the, she's going to get the women's vote. The only thing that we can do to take away from the Democrats and hopefully bring them over here is the Latino vote. So I think that they were hoping Rubio strategically. Mm -hmm. And then they realized Trump might be the only one that's going to call Hillary on her bullshit. Truth or not, he's going to call her on it. And like you said, it came down to the lesser of two evils. And here's the thing. That's where it's all gotten down to. Even at the local level for sheriff or mayor or whatever, so many times we are choosing between the lesser of two evils. And that's what's frustrating as hell to me. Yeah. So let me just do a couple things here. Uh, yeah. uh, who is it? Revolver? I think it was Revolver saying this. I carry my revolver in single action says, look at, go look at Trump's 1987 interview. He said he was a Republican, so I could be wrong on that. Someone someone else, look it up, verify it for us. We'll get into this because my understanding, it, that could be true. My understanding is Trump is pretty much a Democrat or a rhino. He might he might have been a Republican, but basically a Democrat. Um, here's the thing. So someone look it up and let us know when he actually became a Republican and, and, uh, and you know, uh, now, here, in the interest of truth. I think he was an opportunist. I yeah. think that Trump was going to vote— he obviously donated every election to both sides mm -hmm. for business reasons. He was going to vote so, for yeah. whoever he needed to vote for to protect his wealth and his company's success. Yeah, he paid that off the mafia when he had to pay off the mafia to build absolutely he casinos. Have to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. got to got to you got to dance the devil at some point, you know. Right. But here's the thing about Trump was so interesting, is President Trump as a president is at best at best the moderate. 
no one's going to say he's a true conservative. At no. best, yeah. he's a uh, He's in the so middle. What, he's in the middle to me. Yeah, he's in yeah. the middle. But yeah. what he's done is for the Democratic Party to now get as far away from Trump to run against him, he has pushed them politically as far left as you could possibly be. And we're talking socialism, communism. Oh, outskirts. Here. Outskirts. It's yeah. interesting because it's really interesting that how President Trump has changed politics just for the simple fact that he's pushed a political party way farther than they ever probably intended or wanted to go. Yeah, I would think so. Just to go back real quick to when you said that uh, when you were talking about um, him you know, getting into the Republican Party. I do not believe that the people who run the Republican Party had any of intention of, one, letting Trump win the nomination, and of, two, oh. helping him become president. Um, I, I know for a fact here in Gainesville, which I don't live in Gainesville, but I, I know politically the people that were doing, uh, that were helping with the campaign. I know one person took over the political campaign, the Republican uh, Party here in Florida, in Gainesville, and he was running it to help Trump win, right? This guy was like a died-in-the-wall died Tea Party guy. And, and he was like, oh, I'm going to help Trump win. And the Republican Party were like, what are you doing? Because he was going out there and getting signs and do, doing all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to help Trump get in the White House. And they were like, that's not what we want. No. So I no. don't really yeah. believe that that the on the Republican side that there was a plan other than Trump <laughs> losing. And I think that's why on election night— when he actually won, even he was like, what? You guys, I went are to we going to do this? Hillary was going to win. I went to bed it's like, well, shit. Oh, you did? You know? oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could. I could. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. You know? Yeah. I was actually in Vegas at the time. Um, okay. When, when that happened, I think I was out there for like uh, see my show or something like that. And um, I, I was with some friends that are also from Florida. We could not go to sleep till we found out what Florida was going to do. And if you remember, they were holding Florida on the media because they couldn't believe what was really happening. And, you know, they were like, oh, maybe Florida is going to pull it out for Hillary. But I remember looking at that look on his face and everyone that was in our like we were in the hotel and everyone was like, oh, he didn't think he was going to do this. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I, and I don't know this to be true. I mean, no one's ever really come out and said it, but I mm -hmm. had heard that he was prepared to call Hillary, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, at like nine o'clock at night and, and concede. And concede, yeah. And then was, what was it, uh, Maryland or one of the flip states actually who they thought was going to go and then Michigan and all, then all of a sudden. I think in the, within, after the first two hours, it was pretty obvious to yeah. everyone that like CNN was having meltdowns and they didn't want to, oh, yeah. they were thinking something else was going to come through. But I think in about two hours, everyone was like, oh, Trump is about to take this. We all kind of yeah. secretly knew it. You know, this is connected to Brexit. If you remember, the Brits voted, sure. yes, we want out. You know, and that was a signal. There were lots of us who were traveling around the country and we could see that there, there, there was like a super massive grassroots effort going on for Trump. That's how he got in there. Um, but yeah. ultimately, I don't think that the party expected him to win. I think he didn't yeah. expect to win. I think even the Republicans were setting up Hillary to become the president. You know? There's no doubt in my mind. And, and, and it's been proven. I mean, it's even come out from her campaign that a week prior to the election, they had all but full of tent saying, we yeah. don't have to do anything. 
They saw polling numbers that they felt that they were going to win by seven, eight points. Not a problem. And yeah. they stopped. And not saying that that changed anything, but I think what they did was they misunderstood how much. And a lot of people, let's be real, you know this, a lot of people that voted for Trump we're not voting for him, but it was an anti-Hillary vote. I don't think they expected that many. Yeah. Know? Well, this is the thing that I think is the weird thing about America and when people think that they know who we are. But if you think you know who any human being is, you know, right. I think we as human beings, you could try to tell us there's 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 a lot of us that will look at what you're trying to tell us and be like, OK, I think a lot of people were lying on the polls. I think there was a bunch of stuff going on. But ultimately, there there comes that time when people are like, listen, I'm sick and tired of this. And I think that's what you saw happen with uh, with with Trump. I think since he became president, you could see the media. Everyone else is, is bashing him. And it's almost like they don't realize you're just going to make that happen again. And then the other thing is, look, if you we were talking about the royals, if you look at it. Even even right now, there's uh, what are they calling? There's like a, a Mexit or something like that, where yeah. where the uh, I think Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle they're leaving England. <laughs> they want out. Yeah. You know, I think that what it is is that a lot of people in America, regardless of what side, if you see yourself as a liberal or conservative, uh, you know, uh, in the middle, a lot of us were like, yeah, we don't want any more of of the Clintons. We don't want any more of Obama. We don't want any more of the Bushes. Isn't it weird now how, you know, the the, the Bush family, they're all heroes now and, and so awesome. <laughs> and everyone could, like, go to baseball games and stuff like that with them and celebrate them when they were the biggest, evilest things on the face of the planet, according to these people. You know, it's, it's interesting, and I think that um, America has gotten spoiled. Um, as a country. And I think that we want what we don't have. And I think that's why everything, like you said, the pendulum, eight years Democrat, eight years Republican, eight years Democrat, eight years Republican, because no one really knows. No one really knows what they want. They they want to not have to worry about shit in their lives. Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, this guy sounds great. Let's let's vote for this person. And you spend eight years going, what what was I thinking? So I'm not going to vote over there next time. So I'm going to go vote for this guy just because he's different than that party. But go vote for this guy for eight years of going, ah, yeah. what, what the hell? So you know, if you, had, if you had to predict, let's try to flip this and look into the future. By the way, let me okay. encourage everyone to uh, smash those thumbs ups out there. We appreciate it if you guys do that. Um, so let's look into the future now. I want to look in the near future and then the far future here. Right. B- based on what you see right now, when this ele- regardless of who, who's in the running or whatever, where do you think the elections are going in a year? Who do you think is going to be president old. elect? I want to be bold. I want to say that Trump wins in a landslide. I really do. And that, I'm not going to say like a Reagan esque landslide mm-hmm. of '84 over Mondale, but I'll say I think he's going to get. I think he'll win by ten plus points. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think he wins 10 plus points. And I really think and the only reason why I say that is one, the democratic party is in such disarray that you have said earlier that they're much more organized. They probably were. Mm-hmm. I think now they, they don't know what the hell they're doing at all. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just trying to figure it out. 
Um, I don't think that there's an actual candidate that's worthwhile. And I think that's why Bloomberg jumped in. I think Bloomberg was asked to jump in because the DNC realized we don't have anyone that can go up against Trump. And if we're going to lose, let's go down with our billionaire as well. Okay. So I think Trump wins. So you don't think, think you don't think that we'll still get Hillary somewhere here in the last minute? I, or, I, or or I, maybe like Michelle Obama. I think Michelle Obama is not getting into it. I'm just bringing, I think okay. I think Hillary is going to try to jump in at the last minute. However, I agree with you. I think for for let's say we take us out of it as a group of gun guys, or let's say all yeah, the gun absolutely. guys do not vote for Trump. I think he's still going to win. He's still going to be the president. You know why? Prosperity, man. Yeah. This is what we've been talking about. Dudes haven't That's been right. suffering. <laughs> People yeah. are not suffering. The stock market's going up. You know, people are people making money. Bill Clinton's, yeah. you know, infidelities because the economy was good. You know, let's be real about it. People will forget certain things if their life is easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you who I would be worried about is not this election. I don't think that Hillary's done. I, I think that she's absolutely done. Um, I think she wants to be involved. I I think that even the DNC is going, eh, stay away. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Obama is interesting. But she won't go this time. I think she'll go the next election cycle because at that point, if Trump wins, which I think he will, Mm -hmm. he obviously is done. So there's the Republicans are going to have to find a nominee right now. The Democratic Party's spending a ton of money and time trying to figure out a nominee. Mm -hmm. Republican Party saving that money and time. We got our nominee. Mm -hmm. So four years now, the Republicans, both parties are now trying to find a nominee. At that point, Michelle Obama doesn't have to beat a sitting president. I think Michelle Obama has a good chance. I don't know if she's a good chance of winning, but I think that that I think that she runs in 2024. I think that that's what she's looking for, and she's got four years to hone in her game and her her style or whatever. Um, she might be able to beat Trump just because of her popularity, not because of her politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she will. I think she'll run in 2024 when she has to fight a non-incumbent president. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't think I don't think that they really want any more of this politics thing again. Uh, and in my heart, I feel like it was already, you know, terrible enough and they don't really want it. I think Hillary wants it more so than anything. Here's really what I hope happens. I hope all these parties get burnt down. I hope that people on both sides that support Democrats, that support Republicans, I hope they come to the realization that these people are not interested in making America better. (laughs) They're not interested in moving forward or growing or anything like that. They're just interested in ruling us. You know, that's I hope that more people realize that and maybe we find different ways. But I think it's going to be tough. Right. We we have a system, but I think we need to come up with ways of undermining the government, to be honest with you. Right. You know, we need we because they they have too much control over us. And I hope that most people realize, like, hey, I don't want these people dictating my life and and messing around with me. It's obvious all they want to do is rule us. Absolutely. Um, I'd say what I would like is instead of having, let's say, okay, let's just take debates, for instance, okay? Mm-hmm. So right now they're having the Democratic debates to try to figure out who they're going to vote for in the primary, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I would like to see in an election year that there are no party debates. 
It's presidential debates, and we might have 25 people on the same stage, but they're all from whoever wants to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say you set guidelines where you have to be polling at X amount of percentage to even get an invite, but it's not going to be Republican, it's not going to be Democrats, it's not going to be Libertarian, it's not going to be Tea Party, it's not going to be anything. It's presidential debates, and we're going to ask questions, and everyone from all different parties from day one are on the same stage. That would weed them out pretty quickly. That also would give a third party chance because if they can blow them away in a debate head to head, then you're going to start seeing a rise of a third party is if you find someone that can really do some speaking and really is an energetic and get the people and he's putting down who people think will be the Democratic nominee and who will be the Republican nominee. This guy's tearing it up. That's how a third party could win. That could be interesting. Uh, OK, I, you know what I think? I think debates are dead, man. And I'll I'll tell you why I think I, I do too. Yeah, I think they're dead because of this. They're on the media. Who the hell? I don't want to watch that crap. <laughs> no, I don't hear you. You know, it's just like it's just if you're going to have them, open up to everybody. Yeah, That's it's just like the Golden Globes. It's just like uh, Oscars or any other. No one really wants to watch it. I think that um, ultimately they have to come up with a different way to do this. I wish. I know this is going to sound crazy. Why don't we just have like gladiator style? You know, throw their asses in a coliseum, let them duke it out, whoever goes in there. Anyone who wants to become president, you walk into that coliseum, there's a bunch of weapons on the walls or whatever, you know. You grab whatever you can grab. Yeah, last person standing. You want to be the president. Hey, I'd watch that, first of all. (laughs) But I think, think honest, like really, I think people, I think we're just getting tired of it. You know, I think, who's really looking at these debates? Who's looking at them? I, I watch them sometimes just for the for the it sounds bad, but for the train wreck. Okay, That's, I, I watch them. I, I watch them when I, when I do watch them. I watch them for the train wreck. I want to see who's going, who's not ready, who mm-hmm. is not ready. Now I haven't watched a convention, and I don't remember when. That is the worst TV for three or four days in the history of the world of the Republican and Democrat national conventions. Mm-hmm. Can't stand them. Be done with them. Nobody needs to hear that. The debates, more importantly for me, is not to see who I'm going to vote for. I'm going to see who I'm not going to vote for. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I watch the debates. Yeah. I, I think, like dumpster fires, you know. Yeah. I think we need to just figure out some kind of way of uh, making this better. But the problem is if you try to ask the – you know, it's kind of like the foxes are guarding the hen house. So the foxes are all the Republicans. The, the hen house is America. The chickens inside that are getting eaten up one by one by those foxes are us, you know, and and there's no way that they're, they're going to agree to change the system. They're not going to exactly. they're not going to uh, make term limits. You know, they're not going to put actual real um, uh, uh, things that deter them from being corrupt. We don't you know, everyone's corrupt and they get away with it. No one goes to jail. Horrible things happen. No one goes to jail. Right. So, you know, we had just to give you an example to bring this back to guns. I know we're kind of like talking around it, but way down the rabbit hole. But just to bring this back to guns, ATF, right? ATF under Obama started under Bush. They were letting guns go across the border to Mexico. Absolutely. Okay, lots of people in Mexico died. People in America died over that. Not one person (laughs) at the ATF or in the government went to jail. Nope. Nobody. Right? Nope. Why? Because so, there is too much money and power involved with being in bed with the cartels. That's yeah, the reality. There's no penalties. That's corruption. 
That's corruption. We're, we're dealing with the, the same people are in there today on both sides of this, and they don't want to even talk about that thing. But these same people, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they want to impose restrictions on us, right, as gun owners. Yet they allowed guns to walk over into the hands of cartels in Mexico. And now that thing is wildly out of control in Mexico. Lots of people. I mean, that's someone should get dragged off to The Hague or something, right? Those, well, those That's got to be war that. crimes. Well, wasn't there something you were talking? We were talking about um, in pre-show about something that happened in Mexico. Yeah, uh, let's see. I could pull that up. Um, there was there was a they school shooting, a rare school shooting. And they said they said it was rare, which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah. this, I'll throw this up here. So this is from um, this is on the New York Times. It says, "In rare Mexico school shooting, student kills a teacher and wounds others." Basically, I'm going to go through this. Uh, uh, Real quick here, an 11-year-old boy wielding two guns opened fire in his private school in northern Mexico Friday morning, killing a teacher and wounding at least six other people before killing himself, officials said. So let's uh, – now that's terrible, right? That's a terrible thing that happened in Mexico. Not happy about that. Um, the reason why they're calling it rare is because um, they want to say this never happens in Mexico. Guess what? Mexico is – incredibly restrictive when it comes to guns. There's one store, I think, in all of Mexico that can sell guns, and it takes you forever to get a gun legally in Mexico. This is why they're trying to call it rare, because, oh, these guys have real restrictions. Okay, maybe it's rare. Someone else will have to do the research on that when it comes to schools, but um, people killing other people with guns is not rare in Mexico. No, I... Um... <laughs> Like you said, people killing with legal guns maybe <laughs> is very rare. But like you said, we don't even know where he got his guns. They don't even talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah. don't know. So um, you know, where did he get two? Mexico where did an eleven-year-old get two guns? <laughs> you know, that's the question yeah. we got to ask ourselves in Mexico right. that there's all these massive restrictions on guns. Right. You know, um, and you're also talking about to a certain extent. Um, Mexico City in itself is very, very dangerous. And you can go look at the worldwide crime stats and always going to be up there. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about the border, you know, where the cartels are, are managing the border and running both sides of the border, let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know, there is a reason why. Mm-hmm. We gave them that power. Going back mm-hmm. to what you were saying, we gave them the power. We mm-hmm. allowed them to bring the drugs across. Mm-hmm. We gave them the guns to protect their investment because we got a cut of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. It why is, is it really even sad. a thing? Why is it even a thing? Why is the why is the weed a thing? Why are all these things even a thing? Right. You know, but yeah. the the big the so the reason why I brought it up is because the problem here yeah. is there's all these massive crimes being committed and no one's paying the price for it, you know, and we yeah. see it over and over again. So this whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein, he's in a New York prison, New York City. That's supposed to be the center of the world, right? They're so much better than those of us who live out in the in the country, you know. What they say, you know. Yeah. So they had this guy. They can't even they can't find the the video of him first trying to commit suicide has been deleted. Okay. Really? Yeah. You know, they can't find it. It doesn't exist anymore. 
Uh, okay, the first time when he tried to do it. Wait, I could go on and on with that. Um, mm -hmm. Who is paying the price for that? Oh, we are. Yeah, but no one, no one is stepping in there and going, okay, something massively wrong is going on here. You're under arrest. I mean, I know the prison guards are under arrest, but there's a whole bunch of things that are going. This is constantly, and I think at some point we're, you know, we're either, like I said, we're either going to reach a point where we give up mm -hmm. or we get really mad and go, this is bullshit. You know, yeah. we've we've completely had enough of this, of people telling us what to do. It's one of the things I'm trying to tell people about guns. You know, if you're going to allow these guys to come in and put in all these massive restrictions on something deliberately covered in the Constitution, okay, if you're going to allow that, what the hell do you think comes after that? Because people actually believe, oh, that's going to be the end of that. Um, you were talking about a news thing. That's why I threw up that thing of uh, yeah. there's yeah. a, where is it? Um, yeah, here we go. So there's, uh, this is on Fox News. I think I threw it up. Uh, I sent you a thing of this. Bill proposes yeah. under 21 cell phone ban to highlight gun limits. And basically what we're looking at here, I think this is in Vermont. A Vermont lawmaker has proposed a bill that would bar anyone um, – 21 under 21 from using or owning a cell phone, a move meant to draw attention to restrictions on guns. So the bill introduced by Democratic Senator John Rogers states that the legislature has uh, concluded those under 21 years old aren't mature enough to possess guns, smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol, and that the, uh, the same should apply to cell phone use. Uh, the Times Argus reported uh, Wednesday the state recently increased the smoking age to 21 and barred those uh, under 21 from buying a gun unless they take a hunter safety course. So I think um, that what they're trying to do here, Rogers, who is a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, told the Times Argus that the legislature seems bent on taking away our Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy's a Democrat. Right. I think that's what I just well, read in there. <laughs> I think what you're looking at also is he's this. These people are not just worried about the Second Amendment. These people mm -hmm. are are trying to take away freedom of expression. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean that you know freedom of speech. There's, mm -hmm. there's all sorts of things that are they're dabbing into the Constitution here. Yeah. And as bad as this sounds, is I wish there was a way that we could just make these people go away, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they just go away. I'm saying I wish they could just, you know, we could just get rid of them right now, say you're impeached, you're no longer running, you know, but let's just say the state of Virginia. Seemingly, it looks like that there's getting ready to be some really bad stuff happen in Virginia, regardless of anything else. They've got the numbers. It looks like. Mm -hmm. That being said, if they start doing also cell phones, they raise the age of smoking, you know, you're alienating a lot of people in the 18 to 21 that vote. Mm -hmm. So even though it might be bad for a year or two, and it looks like it could be, you got to believe that those people, when it comes re-election time, will get absolutely slaughtered. Mm -hmm. um, well, and if you and think about it, I know. Right side about it. Yeah, I think uh, what was this thing? I think it, today they uh, in uh, in Virginia they banned uh, you can't bring guns onto the. Let me see if I can find this here. Um, I think they can't uh, bring guns on to into the uh, 
the state house anymore. Hold on, I'm trying to find that. Uh, where the heck is that thing? Oh yeah, here we go. It's right here in front of me. So let's see. Here we go. Uh, Virginia lawmakers vote to ban guns at state capitol, right? So mm-hmm. they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, here's the thing. You just said you're you're 18, you're 19, you're 20, you're 21, you could vote. How long do you think it's going to be before they say those people cannot vote? Because I'll tell you this little story. Here in Florida, when we got gun control uh, a couple of years ago, that was yeah. Republicans that put that into effect. I spoke to I spoke to one of those Republicans. He could have basically killed all this stuff and never let it out of committee, and he didn't. Okay, this is the reason why it came out and why it became law. And I asked him about, you know, I said, listen, because up until then, you could you could buy a rifle if you were 20 mm-hmm. or 19 or 18. You could buy it, right? Mm-hmm. They just made sure. it. You had to wait until you're 21 to get your concealed weapons permit. You could buy a handgun well, if you wanted to. Buy a hand. Yes, yeah, yeah. around here, you have to wait till you're 21 to buy a handgun. At 18, you can buy a rifle, no problem. Yeah, so here's the thing. I asked him about this. I said, how can, you know, how can... Uh, how can you do this? How can you stop these people from doing it? He was like, listen, I don't think you should even be able to vote until you're 21. And I was like, well, there's there's 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds going off and fighting and dying for their country. Why do you think they can't vote? Why do you think they can't defend themselves? <clears throat> you know, and then he was trying to tell me stuff like, oh, well, you know, if you if you have your kid, you can always buy this for them or buy that. And I was like, so in your world. In your world, everyone, every straw purchases in. Yeah. What do you say with straw purchases? Absolutely. I told him that. But in his world, he believes that every 19, 20, 21 year, uh, you know, 20 year old out there has someone taking care of them. When I know for a fact at 18 years old, I was taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I would say this. I would say this. And I'm not condoning this. I'm not saying this is what I want, but I'm just going to. A scenario, if you will, mm-hmm. if they want to do it to where you're not legally an adult, which means you can't smoke, you can't vote, you can't buy firearms, you can't do anything. And they want to do it at 21. Then everything goes to 21, including armed services. Mm-hmm. OK, you want to do 21, then then I'm not going to be able to join the Marine Corps at 19. I'm mm-hmm. joining it when I'm 21. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to have the impressionable 18 year olds that. Hey, son, would you like to come? Yeah, I don't think you'll have. Yeah, I don't think you'll have much of a. Exactly. So if you're going to do 21, then if we're going to do this, then let's just do everything is 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, I think. But you want to be 21. I think that's the point that this guy's making uh, that this guy's making here that. This this is I think this was something that he said himself he would vote against the uh, cell phone ban if you're under 21. He's trying to make a point to people like, okay, you think they're good. This is okay for them to do it about guns. But then later on, they'll say, you know what? You can't buy that car unless you're going to buy an electric car. You can't buy that car unless you're 21 or over. You know, um, you can't you can't have a cell phone unless you're 21 or over. You can't do this thing. You can't do that thing unless you're that age. And when we all agree to that and that happens because people go, okay, fine. I don't care. I'm 40. Who cares what a 20 what a 20 year old could do? The next thing they'll say, you just can't do that, period. Right. You know, where will you where will you stop it? Huh? Yeah, that's scary side of it right there is is. 
you give a little drop of water a big enough ripple and you want to see how far that ripple goes. Yeah. That's what you're And DCG forty fours has a good point here too. He says no prison for under twenty one. There you go. <laughs> if we're gonna do it, you can't commit a crime. <laughs> but if we're gonna do it, then let's be fair about it. You know, let's let's do this. Let's do everything is twenty one, and we'll mm-hmm. see how far that goes, and and how people like that. Yeah, but maybe the Not kids, the- maybe the kids will wake up. I think this is a, his point. His kids will, the kids will wake up and say, okay. But I think this is what happens to people. Look, it happens in the gun community, right? If you have your AR-15, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying me, I'm not saying the folks out there, but there are gun guys who, if they have their AR-15, they don't care if anyone else could get it. Maybe they don't have one and they don't think there's any reason why you should have one, so they don't care if people can't buy it. And they're not thinking, because they've got their shotgun, they've got their bolt action, their hunting rifle. They don't realize that one day someone's going to say, you can't have that. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're trying right now to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. For a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say like something needs to happen to people to jolt them, to wake them up, to realize, okay, you think they're never going to come for your thing? Do you do you remember that like back a couple of years ago when all of this was happening? A lot of people saying nobody's trying to take your guns. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was one. Yeah. But they, like the sky's falling. I mean, I don't think that they were coming to take all of them, but they were, you know, but the sky wasn't falling. And I still, to a certain extent, don't think the sky is falling. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's getting darker. <laughs> oh, you mean the sky might be getting closer? Is that why it's, it's getting, getting darker? Closer. It's, getting, it's getting closer. Yeah. It is it's getting a lot Perspective. Closer. It might not be getting yeah. darker. The sky might be coming in on you. No, the, the sky, exactly. And yeah. that's the thing is, and I, I don't want to, I, I don't want, and maybe it's easier for me to say this because I'm not in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. And I really hate what's going on in Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's not going on here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what's going on in Florida. But I hate what's going on in Virginia. But you were saying what's going to happen. What's it going to take to wake up everybody? Maybe something like this in Virginia is what it takes. And it sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what if Virginia goes down in flames for a year or two because of some really stupid people? But it wakes up not only Virginia but the rest of the country saying, holy shit, this could happen here. And that is what sparks the next one. I don't yeah. know. I, as I said, I don't want to wish that for Virginia. But – it's going to be something like that mm-hmm. where it's not just firearm related. It's cell phones or it's what a cigarette smoking or whatever. It's going to be something that is just completely off the wall stupid that's going to spark, like you said, that 22-year-old person to say, well, this, is, this isn't right. These people are going after like everything now. Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you 100%, man. I think that's why I've told people maybe you need a President Bloomberg. To wake people's asses up. Maybe you need that. I don't want that. No, <laughs> but I if people are going to yeah. stay sleeping and act like there's nothing to be worried about, maybe you need that because you because you don't realize that none, none of this ends there. Right. Right. You know, uh, you talk to people that were at Shot Show or in the YouTube game. You know, you're you're like, you're probably just starting out around then, but I wasn't involved in, in 2013 after Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. You know. I've heard from people that were at SHOT Show and, and, and different things in 2013 mm-hmm. after Sandy Hook happened mm-hmm. that it was the craziest, coolest, like, it was the coolest thing ever where everyone was like, screw this. You know, yeah. We're coming together and we, we're going to fight, you know, we're going to fight this. And it happened. 
and we fought it and we won. And I hate to say it, but a, a murderous tragedy had to happen for that to happen. And I'm not saying there's a murderous tragedy out there waiting, but a political tragedy is out there waiting somewhere. Mm. And, and I hate it's like I, I hate that whoever's going to happen to it. I hope it's not here in my home state. But like I, I agree with you. I, I think something drastic is going to have to change mm-hmm. for us to figure out. And, and, and like you said, wake up mm-hmm. because as a gun community, we were awake in 2013. We've kind of sits asleep. Yeah, I think so. I think we were, but I think there were two camps. I think every, yeah. I think um, openly in public, everyone was awake and aware of what was going on, and like, okay, we're fighting this. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, were like, oh, we're going to sell a lot of guns this way. And I yeah. think that's the tragedy of it all. A lot of guns did get sold. We're still selling a lot of guns. Um, you know, in the last elections, if you go back to um, Hillary versus Trump here, a lot of people had the Hillary plan. They felt like, oh, Hillary's going to win, and then these people will kick up, kick it up to another notch, and we'll keep selling guns. Maybe we'll, a- we'll be able to retire. I feel like the reason why we're here, those of us who are still out there shouting and like, hey, guys, wake up, pay attention. This is happening here. It's happening there. It's happening here. We get it, but there's a lot more people out there that are like, Oh, this is all good. We just keep selling guns until this whole thing burns down. You know, and, and that's that's sad because I have some good friends of mine that are, and you do as well, that are in the industry, the actual industry, and they'll tell you whether people want to believe it. I mean, obviously, when there is a threat to the two-way, which means typically a Democrat is in office, mm-hmm. sales are up. But how many companies get thrashed by other YouTubers and other people in the media saying all of these people, they don't care about the two-way. They care about sales and all mm-hmm. that. Well, understand something. It, it's a very thin line. And we, but we both have good friends that are in the industry. And we know that sales are better, but it's not like they're wishing for bad times for the two-way. These guys are two-way people. Mm-hmm. But – they have to split between sales and two way. And if they have to choose, I would say that most of the people that I know would choose two way over sales. I think, I think, yes, most, uh, we can say there's a lot, but I think that there are people out there that really don't care. I think, I think that's where, I think that's where we suffer. Huh? Remember the Rand CO, the Rand COP guy from out in Vegas. He was Mm -hmm. on gun collective a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Base, I think that's like the Vegas uh, murders, and he said that yeah, I don't yeah. care what happens to the two way as long as my sales are good. Yes, I remember. Holy that. shit! Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. He said it publicly. Now there are people out there. I would say the vast majority. I would hope would choose two way over that. But yeah, I mean you're right. I mean mm-hmm. sales are better under certain circumstances. Let's be real. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're hoping for those circumstances, but they're going to take advantage of those when they do arise. You know. Yeah, I think that. I saw when that guy said that, and it was tragic. <laughs> oh, my God. I, 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 I said, there, I said, did we just hear that? I mean, is yeah. this what people – I mean, and I, I was like, we misheard that. We had to have misheard that. I think no, also we, he was, was saying what a lot of people – No, okay, not everyone, I mean, but there's people it. in the industry who were thinking that same thing. And, I get it. You know, but if, you, if, you really, if you're really into this, you don't – you know, the, the fast money – Oh, we make money for a year or two years and everything burns down. What does that mean? 
You know, yeah. like yeah. you said, there's like you you make friendships. There's real gun guys in this. Guys who enjoy building guns. They enjoy you know being on the edge out there trying to find the next thing, or they enjoy shooting, hunting, right. whatever it is. These people are really into this. They they really believe it. They don't want they want slow money. They want to be able to take yeah. care of their families, but they want this to be it forever. They want to live they in this enjoy, forever. They want to be a part of this. They're yeah. not looking to cash in and get out. You yeah, know? but it doesn't take a lot of people to sink the ship, my friend. This That's is right. the problem. If you have a bunch of people that are really just in this for the money and they really don't care, yes. You know, then you have people inside that do have the Hillary plan or are hoping to somehow sell out a whole bunch of guns or they really just don't care as long as they survive. This is why you, you know, from since then, we've seen some people making their own deals, some people saying, oh, why don't we just give a little bit? If we give them this, then they'll leave us alone. No. <laughs> you know, um, and this is where you really find out like, oh, these guys don't get it. You know, yeah. they don't understand what we're fighting for here. And, and there's a lot of people within our own community and people that are our friends. We have a lot of mutual friends and mm -hmm. we talk about this in our inner circles and maybe not publicly and sometimes mm -hmm. publicly. But, you know, there are a lot of gun people that aren't 2A. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of 2A people that aren't gun people. Mm -hmm. They're 2A mm -hmm. because they believe in the Constitution, <laughs> not because of the right, gun. Right, right, right. Uh, true, true. There are gun people that don't give a shit about the 2A. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. It is absolutely okay. We don't need everyone to be to a. Yeah, I listen. I I, I have family members who are gun. I have family members that are gun guys, and they voted yeah. for Hillary. Yeah, there you go. So um, I mean, you know, and they're gun guys. Okay, <laughs> you know, and and you know, that's not just me. I guarantee you, there's people well, out there who be like, "Hey, I've got family members who are gun guys, but they they'll vote for Bloomberg or whatever." It doesn't. It doesn't. It makes my my head explode. Yeah, it's not logical. But not everybody that's two way or pro gun is a single issue voter either. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a single issue voter mm -hmm. as much as, you know, now two A is very much. If you're not two A, then you get discarded before I even look at the rest of your platform. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a single issue voter. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are people that are two A or pro gun. But for some reason, um, other issues are more important to them. Mm -hmm. And I just need, like I said, I don't need everyone to be a two A activist, mm -hmm. but I need everyone to be two A aware. Just be aware of what's going on. Yeah. I think know? the constitution in general is very, very important to me. I think it's what, it's what separates America from the rest of the world. I think people need to realize yeah. that. And there's parts of the world. So for example, we were talking about England. England doesn't have any such thing as free speech. There's yeah. no such thing, you know? Yeah. So, I think that the Constitution itself is very, very important. And maybe I'm not like a single issue voter. Gun, uh, the Second Amendment, guns are very, 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 very high up on my list. Um, there's yeah. other things that yeah. I care about. But you, I, the Constitution is very important for what America will continue to be, you know. Uh, but if we, if we start changing that Constitution, who thinks it stops at the Second Amendment? It Someone who's extremely naive. Yeah. Very naive. It doesn't stop there, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely. really the thing. I know it's a piece of paper. I know it's ideas, right? But it's something very powerful that's allowed America to grow and stand out from other countries around the world. 
not perfect, yeah. but the only place on the face of the planet that I want to live. Okay? And you have to think about that. You know, you have to think about that. You're seeing that all the time. People, lots of, not just the royals want to get the hell out of England. There's lots of wealthy, famous people in England that don't want to be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, And you talk about Canada. Okay, let's bring Canada into this. Uh, I got asked uh, last week to sit in a podcast up in Canada. And so I recorded it with them uh, earlier this week. And it'll come out whenever, uh, in a week or so or whatever. But... Um, sitting in on a Canadian podcast talking about guns was surreal to me mm-hmm. because we obviously know that Canada is very pro-gun as far as the people. There's a lot of guns in Canada. And even the liberals are, are pro-gun over there. Mm-hmm. But he's talking to me about uh, the NRA. And, you know, he lives just across the border from Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, So he's close enough to Detroit and all that. But... He asked me about the NRA. He says, you know, I, I, I listened to some of your podcasts and all of that, and you're not very fond of the NRA. And I told him why. And and he says, that's interesting. He's like, we don't hear about that here. They don't hear about the corruption of the NRA, the corruption <laughs> of organizations, or the corruption. Mm-hmm. They don't hear that. They just assume up there that the NRA is still running shit. Mm-hmm. And he was fascinated to hear not only that there are a lot of us within the community that are not pro NRA, but why? Because mm-hmm. they don't talk about that stuff up there. And they're literally – they're not over in England. They're literally across the uh, – Yeah. Well, l- and let me say this to you. The NRA is still running shit. They are running shit. But I mean, yeah. what I'm saying to you is is he had no idea that mm-hmm. there was a Th- mass – There was an issue. Yeah. Leaving that there were issues, that there was corruption. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, anyone logical can figure out, once again, come back to powerful organizations, there will be corruption. Mm-hmm. But he had no idea of what happened last year in Indianapolis. He had no idea about any of that. They just assumed that, oh, yeah. yeah you know you know what's crazy, Ghost? I'm going to tell you something. Uh, what is up? it like? How, how many members of NRA? Five million? Well, there was. I don't know how many there are now. Yeah, um, there's probably still about five million. <laughs> And out of that 5 million, I'm going to tell you, probably 4.9 million have no idea in America right. that there's a thing going on with that. I'm not trying, I totally agree with no, what I, you're saying, you know, but I just think that um, I think they still have a lot of money. They're still supporting politicians. That's why those politicians don't care what we have to say because they're still getting that money from the NRA. And I think a lot of members inside of the NRA don't know. Uh, when I went to the show last year, there was a bunch of people that had no clue that there was something going on. And if we go right. to the show this year, there's still going to be a bunch of people that are like, they don't really? know. Yeah. So I run into yeah. NRA guys. You know, I'm living in Florida, right? You're in Texas. I run into people all the time that don't know what we're talking about. And they're like, dude, right. no, you know, what's up with the same. NRA? I thought that's why I send them my money. <laughs> yeah. I would say the vast majority of people that I see at the range have – zero idea what's going on and maybe because we're aware because we're in this little small pot of media and that's kind of what we do mm-hmm. we we are more aware of what's going on because that's what we do mm-hmm. and for the most of the gunners in the world they don't pay attention to it as long yeah. as no one's coming after our shit we're okay yeah. and i get that um yeah and also mm-hmm. to, yeah, go ahead. well go ahead. i was gonna say also i'll tell you this little secret um, it's the reason why social media wants to kick us down a couple of notches. Yeah. 
you know, because if you think about it back in 2013, you know, um, and and a lot of this was very new back then. Right. I'm not saying that YouTube started back then, started uh, 10 years before that, probably. But, you know, we were able to. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It became a thing. Yeah. And we were able to activate people and we were able to get out there and reach out to people and, and, and get things going back then. This is why today we're being so restricted and so pushed down, because ultimately we are the way that people find out. Like those guys found out because they are gun guys to the level that they listen to stuff over here and they heard you and and it started them thinking like, oh, what's going on? Right. And then when they invite you in, now you can say, hey, guys, this is what's going on. Like what? But I'm, I'm just trying to say to you that that's why this is very powerful what we're doing, but we are being pushed down. You know, we're being I, pushed I think, down. I think that, I think that, um, man, I, I don't always agree with that. I will say that I think that there is some throttling going on. I think that there is definitely ways that they are maybe suppressing some of our stuff uh, for sure. But I think that that's what's the great thing about it is, is, um, yeah, it sucks that maybe numbers aren't what they should be or what they were before or whatever. But what I think what that's going to do, honestly, it's going to sound crazy. So go with me on this. Mm-hmm. But it's going to make the people that are in in it for fame and fortune and numbers mm-hmm. to get out. OK, mm-hmm. they're going to get out because they weren't there for the fight to begin with. The ones that actually have to work for it and say, you know what, I want to have to work my tail off double to get what I was doing before mm-hmm. or even come close to that. Well, those are the ones that are willing to fight. So they're the ones going to be left over. The ones that want easy money, easy fame, they're going to get the hell out. And that's not who we want anyways representing the people Mm -hmm. in this media thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that, yes, you are right. But I think the end game, if you see big picture, I think what's going to happen is it's going to consolidate the bullshit into a core group of people that actually care, mm-hmm. that actually are trying to do something right and for the right reasons, and that's going to make us stronger. Maybe I'm the ultimate optimist. I don't know, but I have to believe that there's something good that has to come from it. Absolutely. That's called life. That's called the universe. Yeah. you got to stand up yeah. and fight if you want to exist, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, because everything in the universe is trying to take you out. So I agree with you on on what you're saying there. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I hope so. (laughs) A hundred percent. It should. It should. It should. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, though, that there is – I know it's just like one of those things that back then, back in 2013, lots of gun guys, good, you know, good people were saying, oh, no one's coming for your guns. They're not going to they're not coming to take your guns. And today that's a reality, right? We have red flag laws. We have people getting – uh, politicians getting on air and saying, we're coming to take the guns, right? So I think it's the same thing when we're talking about these platforms. Oh, they are coming to take the guns. They are coming to tamp down or eradicate whatever, you, however you want to look at it. They are coming to take away people's ability to talk about these things and mobilize people. Um, we've seen people deplatformed on a, on a small level. I think we're going to see more as we uh, move uh, further on. But I could tell you, so for example, with this podcast, uh, YouTube, you're, you're, I know you're keeping track of this, right? YouTube recently decided we can't hold any guns, right? This is a plastic gun. Right. We can't hold right. actual guns while we're live, right? Right. Before they did that, 
they spoke to me. Uh, yeah. So before they did, before they came out with those rules, they they weren't asking me. I didn't even know what they wanted to talk to me about. But they said, "Listen, we want to talk to you about something, but you got to sign all this paperwork, you know, NDA stuff." And I was like, "Okay." But they kept signing. It was a whole bunch of things. When I got on this call, there were about there were like two people and three lawyers on the call, reminding me. Plus three lawyers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Reminding me that I could not talk about this until it was public. All right. Okay. So. So how long ago was this? Like prior to the announcement? Uh, two weeks later, they announced this thing, but they, okay. they didn't okay. tell me when they were planning on announcing it either. Now they told me they spoke to the big gun guys, and that sure. those guys weren't uh, happy about it. When they told me what what uh, they had to say, I wasn't happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that, hey, we're doing this because people are going live and doing bad things. You know, it's it's nothing against you. And I was like, you know, OK, fine. So when it came out, I, I made videos about it. I started talking about it literally after the day after it came out and I started talking about it. Um, half the videos on this channel uh, we're we're at 490 right now. Half the videos got demonetized. Yeah. You know, now they've been going through all this time demonetizing my videos. Demonetized, or do they get not suitable for most advertisers? Okay, that's that's the more correct way to put it. But basically, when that happens, that pushes down the discovery of those videos, right? I understand. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the thing is, is you know, can we say, hey, this is a conspiracy without a doubt to take away your ability to talk about something? Well, you know, if you're talking about cell phones or cameras, they don't say you can't handle it. If you're talking, you could be driving a car, which could do a lot of damage. They don't say you can't drive a car and go live. You know, uh, hammers, we, we're gun guys. We talk about what the damage that hammers do. They don't say you can't go live and have hammers. This right here. Yeah. This right here. Yeah. Go ask Britain what this can do to a lot of people in Great Britain right now. Yeah. So if you think about this. Even on the Hank Strange side of this, right? Even on the Hank Strange side of this, it's the same thing. And I just just as an experiment, over the holidays, I did uh, four videos talking about, like, you know, what's the best stuff in the last decade, what's the worst stuff, best things to happen in the Second Amendment, etc. Uh, three of those videos, I didn't even hold a gun. Right. I didn't even have a gun. They still went after those videos. We had to fight for it or whatever. One of them, I was I was holding a gun, didn't even shoot the gun. They still went after that, right? Hmm. So the thing is, and, and from what I see, like I've just crossed over to 90,000 subscribers. Every time I post up a video, it's doing like 1,000 or 2,000 views. Yeah. You know, my subscriber numbers are growing. The minutes yeah. watched are going up. <laughs> Yeah. Right. The views numbers are going up, but they're constantly hitting videos. So re- whether it's deliberate or not, the end result of that is to tamp down people who are talking about these things. You know, it's specifically after our community and it's very random. I can't tell you like, you know, it, no, what I'm trying to say to you is even if I talk, even if I do a video saying, hey, this is what's going on in politics or whatever, boom, gets smacked upside the head, you know? So I think that, yeah, man, whether we realize it or not, there was an article that came out from a guy working for Facebook that he was talking about, you know, people in the social media communities 
they've been saying they're going to control the election. Yeah, sure. They feel sure. like it's a bad thing that Trump became president. They are not going to allow it to happen. This guy came out and said, please don't do that. That's going to backfire against us if we if we deliberately really? go out there. Most even the article, there was a New York Times article. They were mocking him. Right. So ultimately, I say, don't do this. Yes. Yeah. So ultimately, where this is like these things indicate to me that the rest of the community is going to do this. He's still there in Facebook and he's trying to say, let's not do this. Probably Facebook's going to do it. All these other social media platforms are going to do it because ultimately what we're talking about here is how do we let people know this is happening? How do we get them activated? Uh, Just another thing I could tell you. People see things that I'm putting up now weeks, sometimes months later, mm-hmm. you know, and they say to me like, oh, what's going on? I'm not like I didn't see. You put, I'm like, dude, I'm putting up stuff all the time. Every day there's something going up on social media or whatever. And they're like, oh, I just saw this. That was months ago. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that's yeah, happening. I, to I've us. had issues with. Notif- I mean, we've all had issues with notifications going out. I think that. Uh, I will say this: I, I not only do I think that they are throttling the the amount of stuff that gets pushed out, I think they are thro- uh, You know, I think that they realize that a lot of us go live, mm-hmm. and I don't go live every day like you do, but I mm-hmm. go live every week, sometimes multiple times a week. Um, and I get people that say that they get the notification that we went live an hour after we stopped the live. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think there's definitely some stuff going on um, and maybe going live is expensive for them. But I think the thing that we're doing and I was saying this to you before is that we are replacing CNN and MSNBC are, are, and Fox we are, News. <laughs> we are the entertainment now. I mean, this is people. People watch shows like this every night, like it's six o'clock instead of watching the news. Six o'clock, they're watching who yeah. read my freedom podcast, you know, yeah. and you have, you have like some of us, we're in a group that we, we schedule our shows away from others so that there's one at seven, there's one at eight, there's one at nine. And mm-hmm. on Thursday, there's one at seven, one at eight, one at nine, because yes, I think a lot of people do utilize this as their entertainment or, and, 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 and infotainment as well. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is I want to be entertainment, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, a lot of us are trying to pass out and educate and pass out great info. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying, what I'm going back to is the people that are just in it for the entertainment, the creators that only want to be famous, I still think they're going to get the hell out because it's sure. too hard to work. And that yeah. leaves us, which is a good thing. I agree I with you. People, we're, we're going to keep this shit going, you know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think uh, there's a bunch of different things going on there. I'm not planning on going away anywhere. They'll have to kick me, you know, kick me off, and I'll I'll go, you know, kicking, screaming, scratching, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that exists. I mean, I don't know. Whatever's next. Yeah. 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 I've been, uh, you know, I've been trying to do more work on my website and all that kind of stuff for that reason. Um, I think that people look. The internet's not going away, man. No, it's not. If they pull the plug on the Internet, then you will see the zombie apocalypse. I keep saying that the Internet's not going away. These guys own it. You know, they own these platforms. So therefore, I'm telling you, they know they're aware. They know I'm not a big channel. (laughs) Why? Like you just said, they they're aware of the fact that I'm doing it every day. That's why they spoke to me. 
Okay. Yeah, they're aware. Yeah, but then they hit me upside the head. On videos, like every single one of my videos uh, on this channel and the other channel have all been gone over before. So every video has been, some of them have begun, like they've, it's come up for review three times. They still, all of that. And every time it happens, we're like, okay, go ahead. And they go through stuff. And as a matter of fact, when they, when they, um, when they say it's not, uh, okay, not demonetized, but, you know, not, not, su not suitable means yeah. not monetized. Su Okay. I get it. Yeah. I so it. when they do that, we delete those videos because I've been trying to tell people that they're actually going to use that against you. All those yellow coins that you have, the algorithm one day is going to come say to you, you are not worthy of being on our platform. And that's happened to people that happened to 13C gun reviews. You know, one day, like he just got hit. You know, he didn't do anything with those things because he couldn't. They all said, st were there. And then they were like, guess what? When we, you know, when we look at this, you're, you're, you're not doing anything from us. And then they did completely demonetize his channel. So what we do is we get rid of it and we tell people, you want to see it, it's over in Gunstream or it's here or there. So right. I just think that they are aware of the power that we have and they want to limit it. If you look at my channel, you can see we used to do this podcast and some of the videos would get 10, 20,000 views, you know, 30,000 views. That does not happen anymore. You know, what happened? Well, people are not, you know, now I know not everyone's going to watch something that's two hours long, right? You know, but I think there's something if you look. OK, so, for example, Guns and Gadgets doing a, talking a lot about what's going on in Virginia and other places. Right. Sure. And I saw that he was just celebrating that he hit. I think he hit one hundred and eighty thousand subscribers. Yeah. 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 Jared, you know, Jared was basically zero a year and a half ago. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. he yeah. was. I remember when he came on here because he's been on the show. I can't. I yeah, think he was maybe guy. 20 or 30,000. OK, that's awesome that he hit that. But in my opinion, he should be closer to like half a million. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. You know, and I'm, I worry, I, think, I, think I worry they're going to come after him more, you know, once they realize that regardless of what they're doing, he's growing. Well, I think I think what's going to happen with Jared in particular. Yeah, I, I think Jared should be half a million to me. I think gone are the days are I think that the 10,000 in, in the gun community, the 10,000 mark is more like the old you know, 50 to 100,000 mark is, it's just not going to happen. You're mm -hmm. not going to see someone who starts the channel right now mm -hmm. get to 100,000 subscribers. No, I just don't think so. Just solely on gun stuff. Just solely on gun stuff. Yeah. Now, what Jared is a little bit different is Jared made a transition when he first started. Yeah, he was doing some political stuff, but he was doing the reviews just like all of us mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. But then he decided to kind of take it more political. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I don't know, but maybe that's why he's been allowed to grow because they may not like the gun politics, but he's not doing gun reviews. He's not holding guns. He's talking politics. And maybe for the AI that's watching that, they're not, I don't know. I'm just saying, I I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think that 180,000 subscribers for for Jared is, is the old half a million to a mm -hmm. million subscribers. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever going to see you know, someone hit demo ranch numbers ever again. You know, no, ever. so I think what it is is that the guys who started doing this like, uh, okay, 13, 14 years ago, you know, uh, maybe in some cases 10 years ago, 
they they got to that level, right? And it was a completely different yeah. thing. There's a lot more people in there now. Algorithms, all that stuff has changed. What you have going on now is those guys can still do pretty well because they're big enough that they can overcome the gravity of the algorithms, right? If you're if you're a half a million subscribers and like 5,000 people watch a video you put up, you can overcome the algorithm. That's the way it works. I, I you know, I look at this stuff, believe it or not. Um, so same way. Yeah. yeah. So definitely I don't look at the numbers, but I look at, I look at how things play. I look for trends. Yeah. Now Clover looks at numbers a lot more to find what the trends are. Uh, I just try to play the game a little bit and figure out what game seems to be working for me. If it's not working, I adjust that game. A right. Little bit, well, I know? can tell you this, if you put up a video and, um, and it doesn't get to 2000 views, it really and truly, it's going to have to get to at least like within 24 hours, it needs to get yeah. over 5,000 views. Right over yeah. that, even like in this in this little sectioned off thing that they've put us into, you have to be really big in order to do that. And if you're big, you could do that. Your videos blow up. If you look at those yeah. guys, that's happening. So it's not to say they're not restricted. They are, but they could overcome that gravity. The right. reason why, as you said, you know, get, uh, Guns and Gadgets was able to come over it because he's giving people this information um, on a consistent mm -hmm. basis. So he probably has. If he has a eight, 180,000, you know, on the books, he's probably with ghost subscribers, right, that are not on the books way over that, okay? Probably. If you put the ghost subscribers and that together, you're probably looking at something like maybe, you know, three quarters of a million or something like that, that because he's, yeah. he's giving out this stuff consistently. So he's able to, most of these things are able to overcome that gravity, Right? right? And so he's yep. still able to get past the algorithm until the people start coming in because that's yep. where it becomes a problem. Yeah, the interesting thing is, is like for me, I just started a couple of years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and as far as the media side of things, mm -hmm. and, you know, as you grow, let, let's say someone starts a channel and you hit that 100, 100 subscriber mark, mm -hmm. which we all remember that first 100 subscribers, like, holy shit, this is yeah. wow, you know? <laughs> And then yeah. you hit the thousand, and then you hit the two thousand. Well, the higher you get, the faster you grow. I mean, that's just reality because mm -hmm. more people are watching your stuff. You're going to naturally, organically grow quicker. So going from one thousand to two thousand happens a lot quicker than from zero to one thousand. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 5,000 to 10,000, 10,000 to 100,000, 100,000 to 500,000, it feeds on itself. So mm -hmm. you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. You can overcome the algorithm once you get to a certain size. The problem that for the most of people starting out now is unless you really want it, it takes twice as long to get to that size that it was taking five years ago. And I think that that's where the problem is, is they are suppressing, they are holding down and like you said, once you get to a certain level, then yeah, you can overcome that. It's just taking two to three times longer to get to that point if you ever get to that point. Yeah, and you know? it's all, by the way, Big Dre 357 gave us five bucks. He says this is the exact conversation I had with him on the phone. Yeah, I have this conversation all the time. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Here's the thing that happens. I think you can escape the algorithm, right? Because it's like Star Wars. Remember in the first Star Wars movie, there's like yeah. this big, massive spaceship and it takes a long time to come into frame actually it can never you know fills the frame uh, never does it yeah never the does algorithm is that massive is that massive mm -hmm. thing here's the problem that you get when somebody starts looking at you when it's a person so when those guys were talking to me 
when those guys were talking to me, I said, how the heck are you going to know the difference between me holding up a toy gun, you know, between me showing a video or something like that? And they're like, oh, we're going to have someone watching you when you go live. We're going to have live people watching. Yes. So if you're out there right now watching this, how are we doing? Yeah. And they told me this. They, t- they told me this. Listen, and the proof of it is I am not. This channel is like 7,000 subscribers. So Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded, 7,000 subscribers, right? We go live. We don't get like tens of thousands of views or anything like that. Right now, there's I don't think there's 100 people watching us live right now. Okay. Yeah. So why were these guys even talking to me? To make the point, right. we're watching you. And we're going to have someone specifically watching you when we implement this rule because we know you're a gun guy, you know, and you like to hold these things. So we're going to watch you. Once that happened, then all of a sudden. So this is the thing. I hope that doesn't happen to anyone. I'm just trying to have that conversation. That Yeah. yeah, There's not a lot of people over there. There's not a lot of human beings watching this. If you come under their radar and they start looking at you and they set things up in a certain way. The algorithm can all of a sudden start looking at you and even what you're doing, if it's working, because look, YouTube's pretty easy. If anyone says to me, listen, I want to grow really fast on YouTube, I say this, try figure out what you're really into, what you're passionate about, start throwing up videos, try different things. One of those videos does really well. You do that over and over again. Simple plan. I know that. But look at look at what's going on here. Right. It's a simple plan. It's not even really that much about the subscribers anymore. It's what you the audience watch. If you watch this thing, it's going to recommend more of that thing to you. Right. So if you if you look at like, um, you know, like the the guy that had his kid and they like to see what's inside of stuff. So they cut it open and they see what's inside of a TV, what's inside of this. So everything they do is what's inside of something. So it's pretty simple. If you do a video, it's successful. People like it. You keep doing that. Right. And that's how the because it's just an algorithm and that's how it works until someone decides to start stepping in. And they're like, yeah, we don't like what this person's talking about here. I notice uh, if I make videos where I just talk bad about the NRA, all good. If I say something about San Francisco, get smacked upside the head. Right. It has a lot to do. Um, We have Antonia Okafor on this podcast several times. The first time she came on, we put her name in there. They smacked it upside the head. Right. She she came on again. We're like, hey, we're not even going to put your name in here. And it was good. (laughs) It was good. Yeah. But somehow it found out that it's her. Then they went after it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the AI. You know, the algorithm learns, and, and Clover yeah. was saying that they have AI and they have an algorithm that can tell if it's a truer mm-hmm. um, or a fake gun. And I'm sure this thing always learns. And, and it, what it comes down to is, you know, once again, it comes down to now we all have to worry about numbers. We all want to make sure that our message, whatever our message is, mm-hmm. we all have individual messages and missions. You know, mine's more concealed carry and training. Um, but I want my message to get out to as many people because hopefully it changes some minds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm not saying you, but there are people that we all know that only care about the numbers. Mm-hmm. They only care about bank accounts and on all of that stuff. And I think that um, once you, if, if you're looking to put it this way, if you're looking to start a YouTube channel in the two way community today, then I'm going to tell you this. You're not going to make any money and they're going to suppress you. 
So if you're going to start once a day, do it for the love of the two way or love of guns or whatever. Don't get into it now. Mm-hmm. Like you did 2013 yeah. for money. They were making real money back then, like real money, yeah. you know, seven figure money type stuff. Yeah. If you want to make uh, money, do another thing on YouTube. Don't do that's this. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You do makeup or something like that. Because you want to do it. Yeah. You just love yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything you do, you should do it from that point. I think that's why most of us are doing it. Um, because if you, you know, look, all the energy that you put into this, that Jared, that anyone out there who's doing this, right? Clover, anyone who's doing this, the energy we put into this, you could you could take yeah. that same energy and put it anywhere else and be incredibly and successful. Be, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and once again, it comes back to kind of full fold of what I was saying earlier is, is, you know, we're passionate. Mm-hmm. We we love doing this. We enjoy mm-hmm. doing this. We feel like we're helping the cause. We're fighting the good fight. And the ones that aren't, mm-hmm. they'll go away. Yeah. They'll go away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I can't. I here's, And I'm sure you're like this, too. And a lot of people that do continue to do it. I can't stop myself from doing this. I, 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 yeah, I hear you. I can't stop myself. If I was practical, you know, I would go, yeah, okay, yeah, this is, this is really not working. Time to, to go on and do something else. And not, and, and I don't, I do think it's working. Uh, the flip side of everything I'm saying, I think there's more people out there that do appreciate us, you know, that do go out of their way to try to support us and find us wherever we are. And like you said, there's going to be this whole evolution that's going to happen. And uh, even if you stay, here but you don't fight hard enough or whatever you could go away i think it ultimately just comes down to you got to keep changing you know you can't stay the same person that's the reason why i call the the podcast who moved my freedom it's like it's based on a book called who moved my cheese which i don't know if you ever heard of that yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. did you ever read that book um i read parts of it and then kind of got weird with it so yeah oh okay you know, I mean, it, it, yeah. it got weird. Yeah. The whole point of that book, though, is if they move your cheese, you move. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't keep, you know, if you can, if you if, if you see yourself as a rat in a maze and they put the cheese in the same place all the time and you keep doing the same things to get to that cheese. But one day you get there and the cheese is not there. Yeah. Don't keep coming back to that place move, you know, figure out where the cheese went to and move with it. And I think that's, I I look at that with freedom. If someone tries to move your freedom, don't try to keep going back to the same things. Try different things to get to the freedom. And I think ultimately, you know, that's where we're at on this. So absolutely. Um, You know what? We, we, we talked over two hours. So did we really? Holy shit. Looking at Walter, <laughs> I don't even know what happened to Walter. Shame on you, Walter. He's probably he's still Walter working in the decided shop. decided that uh, we, he didn't want to come in to have this conversation, so he just no. let us go with it. No, I didn't even see him come into the chat, so I'm going to assume he's still oh, in he the shop. Okay. Yeah, Walter is working on something. Um, well, he's got ready. Well, he's got a week and a half before shot, so he's probably pretty busy. <laughs> uh yeah, he has something new that he's that they're putting out. And uh, he's working on it. It's not a secret. It's uh, if you go to Safety Harbor's uh, social media, you guys will see it. Basically, it is uh, you can change your um, the uh, what what is it? I forgot the now it just went out of my brain here. I'll pull it up on the uh, on uh, I'll put it up on his social media. Uh, Safety Harbor. Let me pull that up. Okay, so. Um. What is this? Uh, not the not the B and T. What's the other one that uh, the Strebog? Yeah. 
So if you have a stri a Strebog, Strybog, you know, the nine millimeter. <laughs> yeah, if you have that, Walter is making something that you could uh use Glock magazines. So really? yes. Interesting. Yes. And you can also put AR parts on it. So Really? Yeah. So that's what he's up to. That's what he's building. He's been throwing up social media on that, but he has to get it done before we all leave next week sometime. So I think that's why he couldn't make it in here today. So when, once he gets that done, I'll make I'll like make a video, throw it up there so everyone can see it so that YouTube can uh, can uh, suppress the living crap out of it. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey, it, it'll be up there if you guys could find your way to it. So that's why Walter's not here. I think he's still he's trying to get that he's trying to get that done. He was uh, he was sending me stuff about it. So, um, so when do you get out to Vegas? What day? I what day am I leaving? I think I'm leaving Saturday, early Saturday. Why? I'm assuming yeah. you're flying. Yeah, right? yeah, flying. Or, yeah, Lola does yeah. not go. She doesn't. She's not planning on ever driving out there ever again. Yeah, I, I think so. I land uh, mid uh, early evening on Saturday night, and yeah, go to Antares on Sunday, and then okay. a couple different range days on Monday, mm -hmm. and then we're ready to go. Yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, we will. I don't know. We might bump into each other in the airport or something sure like we that. Will. Yeah. Well, you know, last year it was so funny. Is I tell a story because you were involved in one of the the coolest things that ever happened at a shot show for me. Uh oh. We. We saw each other last year before waiting in line for mm -hmm. range day mm -hmm. and then met each other again, uh, saw each other over at the food cart. I think we were both getting like street tacos or something. Right. Yeah. And he said, hey, we got some room. Come over and sit with me and Lola. So me and Mike Woodland mm -hmm. went over to sit, uh, have lunch with you. And I'm sitting down. There's this guy and we're just talking. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> 10 minutes into the conversation, we're just bullshitting. He goes, hey, I'm Pete. And I said, hey, I'm Trey. Nice to meet you. He goes, I said, Pete. Are you Pete Brownell? And he goes, yeah. I was like, oh shit! You know, so I'm sitting there having lunch with Pete Brownell. Yeah. I had never met yeah. the dude, you know, but mm -hmm. he he's one of those that covers up his name tag, which mm -hmm. I respect the hell out of. Mm -hmm. But you're listening. I, I, you realize that you're having lunch with a guy that can move an industry mm -hmm. and does move an industry. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of stuff that and does care. So he cares. Lunch with a guy and cares absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm having lunch with a guy that I shouldn't be having lunch with. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I mean. Uh, but it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, shit. I sit down and have lunch with, with Hank and Lola, and there's Pete Brownell yeah. right there. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. He's a know? good guy. When he came up to me outside, he's a good guy. I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know myself because he's just talking to me, and I'm like, uh, do we know each other? Cause that he's, day, you mean? Yeah, he's just talking to me. He's like, hey, what's oh, up, really? Hank? What's going on? Well, that's the thing, though. So, so we're at the, the, the taco stand, mm -hmm. right, or the, the, the truck or whatever, and he comes over, and I'm with Mike, and you know Mike's like 6'5", and I am not 6'5", mm -hmm. you know? So we got Mutt and Jeff going here, and he's kind of looking. He walks up, like, right in front of us, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And he's looking at our badges, because I guess he saw we were talking with you or whatever, and he's looking at our badges, and he literally was on his phone, like, looking us up, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, you know, he, I, I know him. I met him before, and we've talked and we've done stuff yeah. or whatever. I didn't recognize him with the beard. That's what well, happened. Yeah, yeah. He had full <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, he was undercover. He was undercover, but he's a good guy. He cares for everything that we're saying. Okay. Like there are people out there who care, and uh, that's that's the thing I think that's important. Those of us, if we care, we have the passion, and we and we fight. No matter what they do, we'll be out there somewhere, man. We might have to send up smoke signals or something, but yeah. 
you yeah, know, absolutely. we'll still be doing out there. Yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. I'll be uh, I'll be at Range Day on Monday until about noon, mm-hmm. and then we're heading over to the ATAC shoot over at Nellis. So I'm okay, go do that. All right, so, cool. So yeah, I know we'll see each other. We'll see each other. I mean, hell, we'll probably yeah. be some same after hour stuff or whatever. So for yeah. sure, absolutely. Brownells has a thing. I don't know. I'll yeah. try to throw up some stuff if you guys already don't know about it. It's open. Brownells, you know, they have these yeah. things. Anyone could come in there and hang out. So if there's people there that want to meet us or if we want to hang out with each other, we can all yeah. do that. So I'll be at that Brownells thing um, in particular. Um, listen, we didn't talk about anything we were supposed to talk about. Nothing. So, great. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to tell the folks out there how they could support you, follow you, communicate with you. Um, yeah, I mean, just go to ghosttacticalproductions.com. Basically, all of our projects are there. You've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Armed Citizen Podcast. We've got Operation Training Day out there. We're doing a thing on Instagram called Carry365. We put up a, a, a kid seal carry meme every day on Instagram and kind mm-hmm. of give stats, ask a question. Doing that. Um, um, you got this of, crazy sticker you're doing with Clover. I'm throwing it yeah. up right now so people can see it. Yeah, yeah we're we doing that with that Clover and I. <laughs> One of our uh, one of our viewers donated a, a, a firearm to us. So we're doing. He wanted us to try to recoup some of the money mm-hmm. to uh, go to Shot Show for us. We appreciate him, and uh, so we've got a sweepstakes going. That you spend ten dollars for a, a Ghost and Clover sticker that you're showing. We're going to sign them. Actually, we're taking them to the house in Vegas, and we're signing them throughout the week. But it's also if you go over to uh, the link, and I'll put the link out here. Uh, I don't know if you have the link. Maybe you can put that in the chat. Uh, let me see. Yeah, for um, Clovers. You just Clovers. go tacticalproductions.com. You can go okay. to that one or clovertech.com. You'll find it. Yeah, I'll fill but that But a $10 right dollar buy-in, and we have a prize pack that's like over 700 bucks. You know, and you've got till next Wednesday at midnight to buy those, and those stickers get a chance in to win a prize pack with uh, Hunter's HD Gold Glasses, Venture Gear Tactical Electronic Ear Pro, 200 rounds of ammo, obviously the firearm, um, cleaning stuff from the gun cleaners, I mean, a case, a bag. Yeah, a lot everything. of good stuff. It's, like, it's, it's a bunch of stuff. So if you if you can, we'd love to have you. Uh, we only had 100 of them to start, and over half of them are already gone. So um, That's pretty good odds. Spots. So yeah. yeah, pretty good odds right now. So mm-hmm. even if you, you know, you can buy more than one. I think there have been people that have bought several uh, mm-hmm. to make sure they try to win this thing. But it's a TZ99 and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, uh, go support that if you can. If not, hey, we appreciate you anyways. Absolutely. All right, cool. And I just want to remind everyone if, you know, I'm working on the HankStrange.com website. So if you want to find out all, you know, whatever it is we're up to, you can go there. Uh, my email list is over there now, all that kind of good stuff. Please do support Ghost Tactical, you know, go um, check up on this thing. You can go to either his website, I threw it up here, or you can go to Clover, right? I think your thing goes to Clover as well. It does. Yeah, Clover's goes directly. Mine kind of pops up, you push it, and it'll be redirected to to Clover's on that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, we got less than a week to get that done and like 50 spots out there or less than that probably. So go jump yeah. up on that. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get Ghost to come back here. Maybe I'll do a thing like just for the shorties. I have you and I have Clover and all the 
short people. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> yeah, and, everyone's uh, the same height on the internet. <laughs> nah. You know, I can't help it, but uh, hey, short guys have fun too, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get to all the good spots. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> we. I don't want this to go any longer because then we're just going to get in trouble. It's always good to see you and talk to you, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, we Grab need me. to... Hopefully, we'll get to do some stuff out at SHOT Show. If not, we'll, yeah. we'll come back here and do this after SHOT Show. You guys have like a great weekend out there. Let me uh, roll in the end of the show. There it goes. All right, guys. Make sure you subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified. All that kind of good stuff. Stay, stay safe out there. Have a great weekend. Uh, be safe. We'll be back, I think. I don't think we're going to be here Monday because I'm going off to do some car stuff with Walter. Uh, we'll probably be here Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. We'll see you guys before we head out to SHOT Show. Shout out to everyone out there. Shout out to Richard Monder in England. It's probably like 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning or something like that. He's up awesome. watching us. Shout out to all you guys. See you next week. Any Anything else you want to say before we go? Stay strong. Stay two-way, baby. Amen. We're out of here. Peace.